0: time for the in the conversation podcast with funny man Damian lemon and the voice of your choice ali muhammad yeah this is Damian lemon yeah this is ali muhammad and this is in the conversation the podcast yeah yeah (laughs) we're back (laughs) we are back it is uh the midpoint of Black History Year, uh, people are more and more out and about. You know, curtain has has uh has been drawn back. The world is uh is returning to normal, mm-hmm. whether you're ready or not. The mm-hmm. world is here, mm-hmm. so uh, we are all the way. It's official. It's officially summer. You know, I, I forget that Memorial Day. It's unfortunate that you know not unfortunate. Uh, you know, respect to anybody that's died in service. Mm-hmm. Even though I always get Memorial Day and Veterans Day kind of confused, I guess because they both, you know, uh, acknowledge kind of the same people. But you know, you get caught up in Memorial. I get caught up in Memorial Day being the kickoff of the summer. Right. And not really, you know, not really say, oh, wait, right, right. It's Memorial. You know, there should be a little bit more, uh, a little bit more pause. Give it to it. Right, right, <laughs> I'm right, wilding right. out right now. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it should. I didn't want to get this heavy at the start. But, well, you know, yeah, yeah it's Memor- it was Memorial Day. Yeah, but yeah, yeah,
1: you know, you don't want to, you know, you know, the Memorial Day, you know, like from, you know, what I've seen in passing readings across timelines every year Memorial Day happens. It reminds you Uh that Memorial Day was started by some freed slaves for the falling Uh soldiers that fell in the Civil War. So that's where it got started. But you know what I'm saying? So it's a little different, you know, I mean it probably got, you know, gentrified over time. But Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? There's a there's a there's a difference in the in both of the days, and especially when you talk about fallen soldiers. So Memorial Day, you want to recognize the ones who didn't make it back home, fighting for for our freedom to have you know chicken sandwiches and shit.
0: Mm. And That's wild. <laughs> I, <laughs> is that is that what your Memorial Day uh, practice is? One of your pastimes? No, 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 set?
1: no, no. I mean, traditionally, for real, for real. I'm going to be honest. Mm-hmm. I lived in Miami. It was summer all year. So Memorial Day was oh, right. just a, a day off for real, for real. I didn't really recognize people celebrating Memorial Day like with my own, like, oh, shit, people celebrating this shit. I was in high school by the time right. I realized that people were celebrating Memorial Day. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So mm-hmm. um, we my, my one of my homeboys was like, you know, hey, we going to Amelia Earhart Park for Memorial Day. And that's like, you know, it's a it's a park that you don't usually go to. It's a bigger park. It has like a lake that people swim in and that type of shit. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, they were going out there for Memorial Day and having a cookout. That was the first mm-hmm. time. I, I was I had to be eleventh about 11th, 12th grade. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. I met this girl out there, and we had a good time in the lake. And, you know what I'm saying, that's what makes me remember. Oh shit! That's the first time I ever celebrated Memorial Day was that day at Amelia Earhart
0: Park. That's interesting. You know, I didn't even really know. I don't think I was aware of that angle of not that angle, but that the backstory of slaves in Memorial Day. Mm-hmm. It's probably my first time really putting that together or hearing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't really track the first time. Maybe college that I celebrated Memorial Day. That's if I'm thinking really hard that I consciously celebrated Memorial Day. And it's funny that, you know, you saying that you didn't really see Memorial Day as what it is until high school. And that, you know, obviously Miami is summer all year round. <laughs> but as for somebody from the north, especially somebody that was actively celebrating that holiday, Miami is so closely attached with Memorial Day <laughs> that, you know what I mean? it, it almost feels like that is the only destination it's at least top three destinations right. especially for black people to mm-hmm. say oh yeah I'm going to Miami it's like that's the default type of thing so it's interesting <laughs> it, it, I'm curious as to when that started No,
1: right. I mean it's very interesting because you know we did a lot of work to help Miami Memorial Day flourish. So Miami mm-hmm. Memorial Day, you know what I'm saying, was a a smaller thing. It was just like a if you knew you knew type of thing. And uh right. Louis Oliver, who is one of the promoters of Live on Sundays, you know, him and Mike Garner, they do Live on Sundays. But Louis Oliver used to play for the Dolphins. Um he's uh he was the original like the original grown folks promoter. You know what I'm saying? So, like, in the era when First Friday came out and people was like, you know, it was like a grown... It was more of a groaner promoter that did the First Fridays and shit like that. It was more like a, a more dress-up crowd, more cosmopolitan crowd. He was the original promoter in Miami that was in that space during that time, early, late, late 90s, early arts. Late 90s, early... Mid-90s, early aughts. And so... He started doing a bunch of parties around town. But when he had this idea to create a urban fashion week in Miami, and, you know I'm saying, it was basically bring the urban fashion lines down and celebrate like, you know, they do New York Fashion Week or Paris Fashion Week. So he had this idea to have Urban Fashion Week in Miami. And he did it uh, the first year, probably, you know, probably – It was semi-successful as far as what he was trying to get done. It was like 10,000 people. And then Mm -hmm. the next next year, me and uh, Kenny Mack, we went down to meet with him to see if we could partner to try to make it bigger and get Vibe involved and bring artists and shit like that. And um, he was with it. So the next year, which was probably uh, 2001, I would say, Mm. and... We 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 went all in. We put our full force behind it. We ran ads for it in the magazine. We did a big ass tent on the sand and threw parties in that motherfucker. And um we got Outcast perform, Luda. You know what I'm saying? It was like a Nelly, I think. It was just like a, a big ass party under the tent on the sand. It just it was dope. The whole weekend was dope. But, you know, that, that audience went from maybe twenty ten thousand to maybe, you know what I'm saying? 45, 50,000. Mm. But then the next year we did it, it, you know, it went all out because now you got promoters from all over the country coming in to promote parties. It was a thing. And, you know, for me, I recognize, I was just telling one of my promoter friends, Pat Nix, this the other day that promoters are really, they are really some of the most important people in culture. You know what I'm saying? They pay your favorite artists. Your art, favorite artists get most of their money from brown paper bags. You know what I'm saying? That bag they talking about comes from promoters. You know what I'm saying? And promoters, they look at what culture is doing and then they create ways for that to exist and for business models to exist within that. So I feel like promoters are some of the most important people in in culture. And so, mm-hmm. so with him coming up with this idea, now you got Miami Beach serving 250, 300,000 people. And they didn't actually want that. They didn't want it. They didn't want to have it. It's just, but once it's out the door, it's out the door. You know what I'm saying? Because people know how to do Miami. And what the city of Miami Beach was doing was the by the third year, the second, third year, I think Luke was was involved with doing it. And, They didn't want to give any permits, so we couldn't get that permit that we had on the sand anymore. So, you know what I'm saying? We were trying to give, you know, you got 300,000 people coming to Miami. Shit, it's only so many clubs that they could fit in. You know what I mean? (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. it's like, let's do something big where it's like a concert on the sand and you take all those people off of the streets and put them somewhere safe where they're entertained and they're having a good time. Nah, they don't want to do that. They don't want to give the permits. The the uh, of course the residents who live there they don't want these motherfuckers coming in their town. So a lot of them leave town. A lot of the club owners that didn't want that audience in their clubs they would just play either not open or open and just play techno music and you know what I'm saying and you know resist the audience that exists in the space. So what you got is a bunch of people. With no with nothing to do, but black people will figure out how to do anything. You on the beach, it's beautiful women. You know what I'm saying? You drove, you got a trunk full of liquor. You got, you know what I'm saying? You got your weed or whatever, whatever your vice is. You already got it because you know what I mean. It's gonna be hard to get it in a club and all that, so you already got all what you need in your trunk. So they learn how to just have fun on the street, riding up and down, walking up and down, drinking their own drink. Fuck it, because the restaurants don't really want them. Everybody just doing what they shit. we going to have fun regardless. And that's where I think the city of Miami Beach created the environment for where a lot of shit happens during that weekend because you got all these people in and really no outlet. So, right. you know what I mean? So it's funny you said that. I, you just brought up, I didn't plan to talk about that, but you just, when you said Miami and Memorial Day, it all connected.
0: Nah, that's respect to the architects. That you know, and uh, I feel like now that you give me the timeline, I might have been at one of the first early ones. And then I felt I definitely, I'm almost positive I was at one of the vibe situations. But I know for sure I went out there. What?
2: Uh, what year you started
0: that um, vibe? I started that vibe at '01, but I didn't. I don't think I went to any. Okay. Um, any real event situations till probably like 03. Oh, but okay. I think I went to Memorial Day mm-hmm. in Miami in 01. Me and my yeah. man Kev, we went down there and I think, yeah, that was cracking. Yeah. And I might have <laughs> went maybe three times. But what I, and, and you definitely seen the influx grow quick, mm-hmm. right? Because the first time, it was wild. I got I got some interesting stories. I tell you, I have to tell you some <laughs> shit off mic. But uh, it was it was a good time. It was it was fun out there. But um, it was it was chill. Like it was it was it was some shit to do. It was some party. It was parties or whatever. But it wasn't like super duper crowded. But when I went a little later, mm-hmm. a few years later. I, it was it was overflowing, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Like you said, there wasn't. It didn't feel like the like Miami Beach could accommodate everybody that came down. People was just down there. Right. People was down there. Motherfuckers was just like as long. It was like a one big all day let out. Right. You know what I mean? People <laughs> out there going up and down the strip. There's scooters, all types of shit. Right. There's wet willies was on fire. It right. was it was it was it was crazy. What I did, what kind of turned me off too, and I guess it's in response to the fact that there wasn't enough accommodations or it wasn't as, uh, yeah, the people weren't, I don't want to say welcomed, but it wasn't, a, it wasn't accommodated. You they weren't welcome. Yeah, they weren't well, And that's what turned me off because the police presence. Right. Was O.D. aggressive, right. like it was, it was, it was re, like you couldn't, you couldn't stand anywhere. You got to move from there. You got to right. move from there. Like you, at that point, I was like, okay, you got to find some other shit, right. cause yeah, you didn't feel welcome. You felt like you were in the way. Right. You know what and, I'm saying? And, and see, yeah.
1: and what that was is like, okay, we we're gonna put this police presence out here and make them feel uncomfortable so they won't come back. But right. what you end up doing is making the quality people uncomfortable, and they won't come back. But the niggas don't give a fuck about police presence, man. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) They don't care. We here. I'm out here, man. I ain't doing shit. I don't give a fuck if you got... Fifteen police cars lined up on this street with the lights turning all fucking night, and you got your people in riot gear. I ain't did nothing, so shit, whatever. And I'm gonna hit this corner right here, and I'm gonna smoke this joint, and we gonna wild out like we always do. So, right. it, it 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 created you created a situation where you're gonna get the most uh, hardened of the audience then the wide range of audience that was there in the early years. You know what I'm saying? Mm. In, in the early years, you got a lot of industry people, a lot of, you know what I'm saying, artists and and people doing business that was just having a great time. But you turn a lot of the, the people off that's really a quality audience and then all you got left is a growing, thugged out audience that don't give a fuck about police presence and don't give a fuck about being welcome. Because they right. here to make their own welcome. And I got a trunk full of everything that I need. Got liquor, uh-huh. drugs, guns, whatever. You know what I'm saying? And we here to have a good time. That's what it's going to be. And they're going to do that with the sirens or without. So right. that's, you yeah. know, that's, that's the the, you know, Miami Memorial Day. But it was a good time.
0: Yeah, no, nah, it was some shit. I remember one year. I think I might have went to one of the last one of the last years that, and this was when I was at vibe when it was mm-hmm. something with Luke on the beach. Mm-hmm. I want to say Luke was involved. I think Biz was involved. Yeah, I think yeah. it was. Yeah, that yeah. shit was that shit was sexy. It was some fly. It was like actually, that's when the shit was still sexy. Actually, that actually, happened, I got said. a
1: picture with you during the whole thing with the Biz activation when you had the Afro. You had a big fro.
0: Hilarious. Well, that
1: I, think, is, I think yeah. I had a picture of that.
0: <laughs> you gotta shoot me that. That's yeah, hilarious. Yeah, I, I had to look for yeah. it.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. That oh, was a good. That was a yeah. good year. That was a good. It was tough that year. That was when they started all that police presence. But yeah, it was good. It wasn't. It wasn't as chill as that first year. That was probably like the next year or the. That was like the second or third year that we did it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. and then um. So that it was it was beautiful, Biz. You had Biz Markey out there doing all of. That's when I seen I watched Biz make about hundred grand in a weekend, and I was like, mm. "Yeah, damn!" That's when I respected. You know what I'm saying? What him and Monty, rest in peace, was doing because Monty right. Monty had that shit lined up. He he understood how to work the big weekend, and then they right. went they went from there. You know, come to Miami Memorial Day. You come in Wednesday, do do a big corporate party Thursday. You know what I'm saying? You do a bunch of parties Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. You know what I'm saying? You doing three, four, five parties. You know what I'm saying? And then they leave and jump on the Tom Joyner cruise and do that shit mm. for for the next four,
0: five days. I have a long
1: day out. They was getting it.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, nah, they was moving around, man. Shout out to Biz too. I hope he's feeling better, man. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, he's been going through it, but uh, you know. Uh, Shit. S- yeah, speaking well, of to him. no doubt,
1: speaking yeah. of legendary DJs. Uh oh, my man D Nice done, done dropped the cor- club quarantine live in real life Hollywood Bowl. Went oh, on, he did it. Yeah, they, they, the the tickets went on sale today.
0: Oh, okay. I thought he did it. Okay, okay. Nah, That's what's up. The
1: tickets on sale today. I'm actually. When I is it turn- for? It's August 20-something. I was trying to get tickets, but I was like number 4,200 in line. Oh, wow. Last last time I checked, I was like 900, so I don't know if I'm going to be in front of the computer when my my number comes up. Wow. But that's some shit that people called out. Remember in the early quarantine days? Uh Uh-huh. And, you know, DJ d Nice would come on, and then the, the comments would be the club. Right. And everybody be, oh, what up? You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? What you want from the bar? You know what I'm saying? They, people was imagining all yeah. of these people in a real space. And I think one, um, one of those nights when it was, remember he was flirting with Halle Berry and it was like, Berry Nice. That yep. was, that was hashtagging. Somebody in the comments said, yo, I can't wait till this shit is over and we could do this shit in the Hollywood Bowl. And I saw that shit with my own eyes. You know what I'm mm. saying? And, and today he he announced that he was going to be in Hollywood Bowl you know what I'm saying august 28th or 29th or something like that which is like you know what I'm saying life imitating the comments and shit you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. yeah the sims come to life yeah it's yep. like real it's like yo this is 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 what is wild that we went through that one and then mm-hmm. to come out of it and then to see things start to manifest themselves in real life from the comment section, which I feel, you know what I'm saying, my own personal theory of the mind, that the comments are the new hip-hop. Not that they're replacing music, but that space where hip-hop held, where you learned shit and you communicated, and that shit was moving fast, and every time you heard something, it might have been new. Or, you know what I mean? It It was like you was learning from other people in other places. I feel like that type of shit is happening in the comment sections of lives of, you know what I'm saying? Of course, YouTube is like a racist comment section, but whatever. You know what I'm saying? But, like, especially, like, live and Instagram, like, the comment section is a very robust living organism. You know what I mean? That's outside of the actual content that's being produced. And... When you in there you you realize that these people have their own language, they doing their own thing, they dropping their own memes. It's you know, it's a it's a mm-hmm. culture to watch for me. If as a cultural anthropologist self-proclaimed, that's something that, you know what I'm saying, in future tense we'll look back and say, like, yo, this was where <laughs> culture was being created in the digital space. Now
0: yeah, I agree with that. It's funny. I was listening to this uh to a podcast a couple days ago and it was about, you know, it was, it was similar to, I mean, it kind of took on that same point about mm-hmm. and it was bigger than just the comments, but you know, like, the comments and in the internet uh, makes culture so much more available to everybody. Like, you know, people outside of various communities get access to the slang and culture and, you know, whatever of these communities. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? You could be real far away and you could know the latest slang. Typically, you know, before the internet, so many things were regionalized Mm -hmm. and you would have to kind of actually be exposed to the environment to be like, oh no, they say that here. And then you go back to where you from and then you, you know, you bring it on. Now, that shit, all you got to do is log on, you know, and it is true. And another thing is, I like that the cultures with the, uh, you know, so much going on in these comment sections, but it, it they are every comment section, not everyone, but there are... There's a sensibility to certain platforms' comment section, mm-hmm. like the YouTube comment section is a lot different <laughs> yeah, than Toxic. <laughs> yes, yeah, it, it could be way toxic than uh than the D Nice quarantine club quarantine comment section, which is which is a good a good place to be, you know what I'm saying? With like the ball of alert. Comment section is funny as shit. But you know what I mean? It's different. It's different comment sections. That would be a funny versus in it itself. Right. Comment section versus. But um, yeah, now nah, that's kind of cool. The uh, last thing, I just want to just jump back to what you said about uh, promoters. You know, promoters get a, a bad rap, but you know, the point that you made, it is like they are like day trading culture. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Cause they really putting their money up. They be invested. That's why a lot of these promoters be stressed and trying right. to figure out a loophole and pacing and you know what I mean, somewhere within the venue. Because they gambling. It's a different right. type of crypto. You know what I mean? Like shit, they said they were supposed to be coming here. So right. yeah, salute <laughs> to the to the to the promoters that have made a career of it, you know.
1: Yeah, the promoter, that, man,
0: the promoter,
1: like outside of what you're giving. In your day to day life, you know what I mean, and you know you got the restaurants that's in your community. You have you know the church or the shopping plaza, you know what I'm saying. The things that you do, especially when you're younger, you know what I'm saying, are created by somebody that says, you know what, it would be cool if, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying, and then they do it. They, they they rent the space or they build it out or they put the they put the speakers in there, they put the DJ and have a host. And next thing you know, you doing that shit every week for the next, you know what I'm saying, four, five, six years or whatever. For for me, growing up, Luke and Ghetto Style DJs were the promoters that promoted 90% of the shit we did. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And as we Mm -hmm. grew older, they started doing different shit, like the clubs. And then, then Luke finally, ultimately had Luke's on the Beach, which was the first black club on South Beach, which... That was before people was going to South Beach like that. Only people who had South Beach, it was still, it was under construction. It was just, you know, derelict buildings and shit. But the gay clubs, they had, they whole, they they owned South Beach. That was the only people that was really out there, old people in the gay culture. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then Luke put, Luke's on the beach out there. Uh, Peter Thomas was promoting at a club called Fifth Street. He was doing a reggae night over there which was across the street from where Luke Club was. So those were the people that took you from the hood and said, nah, come out to the beach. It's nice out here. And we're going to do it all the way how we do it out here. And now, now you got niggas driving over that bridge every Sunday. I'm talking about dying to get there. You know what I'm saying? You start, you come across that bridge around about 1230, you're going to see all kind of cars just flying just to get the Luke's. You know what I mean? So, those that, that was promoters promoting was my first initiation to marketing. Cause when mm-hmm. when when Luke booked the Sunshine Skating Rink to do the Pack Jam Party, when when it came on the radio, they didn't say the Pack Jam Party at Sunshine Skating Rink, cause Sunshine Skating Rink was a white skating rink. You know what I'm saying? In a community that was turning blacker and blacker by the day. And But that was still the one thing that the white people had over in Ives Derry. You know what I'm saying? They go in there, they playing Holly Dolly and, you know, Casey and the Sunshine Band most days. But on this particular night, it was the Pack Jam Skating Rink. That's what they said on the radio station. The niggas from the hood didn't know that it was Sunshine Skating Rink. All they heard was Plaque Jam Skating Rink, and they headed out. It introduced a lot of people to a neighborhood that they wasn't really aware of or hadn't been in it made it safe and most of those people started moving in that direction you know what I mean Carol City and all that shit how it is now it wasn't like that then you know what I mean I have a uh, cause I know a lot of the drug dealers that was up in the Pac Jam skating rink bought houses right around that area <laughs> you know what I'm saying which is wild. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so that's a promoter affecting you know what I'm saying? The dynamics of a community. That's, if you go to certain cities, somebody like Alex in in Atlanta, they affecting the dynamics of a whole city, the tourism of a city. During the whole pandemic, while the, while the, the compound was open, people flying in from all over the country to, to party at a, the only goddamn city that was open. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, you know, these guys, you know, of course, they they get a bad rap for, you know, being greedy sometimes or being, you know, doing doing shit just for the money. But as far as culture goes, these are the people who create the, the new things that people are going to do. So sometimes you see the big guys, but then say in Atlanta, you might have somebody like Jason Carter who started off just doing the more grown and and neo-soul type of events. Until he got big enough to do the one enough the the one music festival, which is probably the big biggest black festival going on in Atlanta as far as music and hip hop. So these people give you shit to do. You know what I'm saying? People plan their vacations around things that people think up to do in this culture, and a lot of that comes from promoters.
0: Yeah. Nah, that's absolutely true. And they should be celebrated, especially those that have made a career that have stayed the course, that have, you know, protected their reputation and delivered. And, you Mm -hmm. know, like, uh, you know, because it's it's uh, (laughs) it's almost like it's like it's it's just as there's no real barrier of entry Mm -hmm. for being a promoter. All you need is some money and some vision.
2: Or and, and, or, and,
0: or four walls and an idea, four Some walls and an idea. Yeah, you might not even need. You might not even need too much money. You know what I mean? Maybe somebody uh underwrite you or whatever. But yeah, just four walls, an idea, and hopefully you can draw a crowd. Right? You know, and it is because shit. There was a time when I was promoting. I used to promote back when I was in college, and. Some days it went well. Some days it didn't. It was like the stock market. Some days you lost your shirt. Some days you was enjoying. it. Some days you was popping champagne. You know, like and it was, it was you know it's, it's back in the day. But what I one of the things back to your part about marketing. One of my favorite because I think that might have been what drew me to it because I always liked events and things like that and you know a bit a nice show and you know a good party, but. What appealed to me probably most about promoting was the idea, coming up with the idea, coming up with the name of the party, coming up with the flyer, how we going to freak this flyer, how this shit, who we going to get it out to, where we going to promote, who's the crap, like all of that, like all of that, like that anticipatory portion of it. Like the crap, the, when the people come through the door, that's almost like, all right, bet, we got it. You know what I mean? Or at least when the people leave and if there's Mm -hmm. no incident, then it's it's a success. But when we start seeing the line, like, that's like, that's the payoff to all of the ideation to where you was like, oh, I knew this one was going to be one. Because there was times when (laughs) we used to, we used to to do this shit. Shout out to Surreal Entertainment. It was me, Sense, Drama, my man Mingle. West Manchal, it was a lot of us, but it was Surreal Entertainment, which is already a little uh, esoteric for name for some for parties. But I remember some great ones, and then I remember some terrible ones. I remember we did this one party at this club in Atlanta called Industry, mm-hmm. and that shit is, gone, is way gone now. But um, it was, I think, Keith Sweat Brothers Club. And oh, yeah, I was about to was, say,
1: that's, that's what they used to say was Keith Sweat Club.
0: But. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was it's it probably both of them. Probably obviously they did it together. But that was who we dealt with, mm-hmm. and it was a fly club. You know what I mean? It was a fly low club. It had a lot of elements, as my man Sense would say, like different rooms and how it looked and shit. And I and I was I was inspired by how I did. And this is when I was first kind of learning, uh, illustrate no, Photoshop and Illustrator. Shout out to D L Warfield. That's when I was interning for him. So, like, when he would leave for the day, I would have the computer. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the shit I get the time with the computer. And I'll be trying to learn whatever little bit of shit that I learned throughout the day. I get to experiment. So, I remember making this fucking this flyer. The name of the party was Evolution. <laughs> 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 that shit was. I remember the flyer. I learned how to kind of do. I guess it's like. Embossed or debossed font, so mm-hmm. and I uh, started to learn how to use gradation. This is early, this is before, like, this is like, yeah, this is this is when you had to still go out and get these shits printed. So, this was some investment. This wasn't just mm-hmm. a JPEG that you could put in the world for free. So, I remember evolution it was um it was a like a turquoise flyer with like it would look like a drop like a drop like kind of like forming with some ripples because i was into the ripples these are all new things that i was learning like the party was really being informed by what i could do or photoshop so i had evolution coming out of the thing and i guess it was like the you know the evolution of man the evolution of party the evolution of whatever the fuck you know the people rising from the uh from the from the sea or whatever the fuck, right? And the flyer was very, like, avant-garde. Like, it didn't really scream <laughs> a jam, you know what I mean? But I was like, nah, this is called win, evolution. And if the, the team was with it, okay, all right, it's different, <laughs> but, you know, shit, we were coming off of a win. So, you know, when you're coming off of a win, your confidence is a little different. You ready to roll the dice again, and the club was fly, you know what I mean? And um, and it was also, this was right before the grown and sexy era, but it was one of those things where, you know, you in college, you want to, especially if you start to dibble dabble in like the industry, you know what I'm saying? You start being around the industry, start to be around people that are a little bit more a little older than you got a little bit more money a little bit you know quote unquote sophisticated you know what mm-hmm. i'm saying mm-hmm. you start to aspire to want to you could aspire yourself out of your demo you know what i'm saying like you still <laughs> you, could, yo, you can't yeah. you can aspire yourself out of your demo you could forget <laughs> That you in undergrad and that, you know, a lot of motherfuckers ain't got no money. A lot of motherfuckers probably can't get to this place. A lot of people, they want their shit a little bit more, like, straight and direct. What's going to be, what's the vibe? I need to be able, I need the the vibe to kind of jump off the flyer. This whole subjective, (laughs) I got (laughs) to kind of look within. Like, this shit, this shit. So we was, we were going, because we was like, yo, we need some mature women at this shit, like, so I remember we were going it was a club called Club Phenomenon. We was going out to Club Phenomenon, I think on a Wednesday night, was the popping, and it was mm-hmm. like the, but this was like the 30 to 35. I don't know why we thought we wanted some 30 to 35s in the building, because we was like 18 to 20. You know what I mean? We was like 20 at the at the oldest Aspirational. I remember us being aspirational because we like, they're going to spend money. They're going to buy. I, this might even been before people were buying bottles, but they're going to spend money. It's going to be a little bit more, you know, we wanted, we, were, we was on some old, we wanted some fly shit, right? We mm-hmm. thought we was above and beyond. But we were not because we outside of phenomenon, handing out flyers. Meanwhile, we dressed like niggas in college. We got on sweatpants and shit (laughs) like that. You know what I mean? Big ass shirts. You know what I'm saying? And we like... We passing the shit out. These is these grown-ass women, because we targeted. Like, we give it to some dudes, but we really try to give it to the flyest women coming out of there. And they coming out the club in, like, little cocktail dresses, like, looking grown, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Look at, and they like, <laughs> okay, what's this? Thank you, you know what I mean? But okay, <laughs> little motherfucker, like, who is this? So... We definitely gambled on the rog demo and took a Super L. Oh, it was crazy, too, because then we also had, like, <laughs> we had Scarface playing and Menace playing, because this is when they had a projector. So we was like, oh, yo, we going to have Scarface playing one part. Of-. Like, the shit did not make any. It was all over the place thematically. Oh, and, shit. yeah, we might have had about a good 16 motherfuckers come through that big-ass club. And mm-hmm. it was an L sandwich. And woo wee. That L, that L is that is that is a teachable moment. They don't teach you that in promoter school. <laughs> no, but uh Sir, yeah, that, that is that is part of the journey. So yeah, that's why I always take my hat off to the promoters that have been doing this shit 10, 15, 20 years, still draw a crowd, still do mm-hmm. good business, still got a name in the city. That takes effort, man. man. Yeah, so
1: salute. They don't teach L's nowhere, dog. <sighs> you don't, you, you, you got to, you either going to learn from your mistake or somebody else's mistake. Yeah. Because nobody want to teach the L, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. who, who you going to call and say, hey, man, tell me your L's and how you how you got in them and how you got out of them.
0: You know what I'm saying? Nobody don't want to talk about that shit. That's the best thing, though. I think, I think, I think slowly, and maybe it's because we're getting older, and maybe it's a just you've done a little bit more and you you were established or whatever, or maybe it's just the 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 culture now, or the fact that with podcasts and masterclasses and all of this, we're like such mm-hmm. in an information age, and with threads on Twitter, I do feel like people are a little bit more forthcoming about their losses because, you know, because you learn the most from the losses. Like Mm -hmm. typically back in the days, you might have to really be super cool with somebody for them to tell you about the L's. You know what I mean? Because oftentimes, and I think, I think trend wise things have changed, but like, you know, 10, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, it was all about the win. It was all about mm-hmm. being a winner. It was all about taking no losses, taking no mm-hmm. shorts, popping champagne and all of that. Now I think, you know, people are a little bit more introspective. People are a little bit more, um, forthcoming. You know, there's, discussions about mental health and self-care and you know what I mean aspirate so I think there are people because you learn more when somebody says there should be an L class I I think that shit would be dope if people say yo I this is how it's gonna feel I mean it's gonna be you know because that's part of the process that people they don't ever like the motherfuckers don't really it's not enough people talking about it but you can't win. There's always the risk of a loss. There's always right, the right. risk of a loss.
1: Now, mental health, you know what I'm saying? Kid mm-hmm. Cudi, Kid Cudi walk so everybody can run with mental right, health. Right, right, right. You know right, what I'm saying? Right. So there has been an opening in that space. You know what I'm saying? Shout out Shanti Das, who who has a whole thing on that. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to uh, Kanan Jasper, who does a, a men's mental health thing, talk on with mm. his br- with his cousin or brother on Instagram. Right. Right. Um, But L's is still hard to come by when you start talking about losing fucking money. And -hmm. you know what I'm saying? I I borrowed, you know what I'm saying, 20 grand from my Mm -hmm. cousin, and I put it in this party, Mm -hmm. and I fucking lost everything. I had to go borrow another 20 just to Mm -hmm. pay the bills around this motherfucker because... It's nobody. Nobody want to talk about that. Like you know, what I'm saying like that is a fucking headache. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That is that even just talk about it brings up stress. Now I, I mean, I had a I had a tour with mm-hmm. with, with Monty with business manager. Shout out to Monty again.
0: Right. With uh,
1: Common. Uh huh. It's 2010, and nothing I did in 2010 worked. except for. Change
2: gears.
1: (laughs) Chalk the year. I like that shit. Nothing I
0: did that that whole year is chalk That whole year was
1: fucked up. You know what Uh, what I'm saying? I did a whole bunch of shit. I was trying a lot of shit, and and that shit failed, 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 failed. The biggest thing I did in 2010 was decide that I wasn't gonna do nothing else but the shit that I wanted to do from my own mindset that I could handle with my own fucking money. You know what I'm saying? And that was the best thing I ever did, you know what I mean? But until then, you know what I'm saying, we took Common out on the road. That shit failed, you know what I'm saying? We in Philly catching L's. We in Jacksonville catching L's. Then that's when you got the promoter trying to, you know what I'm saying? Promoters get slick, too. So we was partnering with a promoter down there, and then now he, he, you know what I'm saying, doing double talk on the count, and, you know what I'm saying, nigga trying to, Run off with the safe and all kind of uh-huh. shit. You know what I'm saying? It's just like that end of the night count shit. When you take an L, it brings out all of the, everybody trying to recoup at least what they can. And it is a tense moment because, you know what I'm saying? That's when you be, you know, you might have to get into some shit. So we losing terribly on this common shit. You know what I mean? And, you know, that was it. Then, um, you know, I was trying to... that's when Drake was first coming out. It was Drake first shit. He was on his rise before the mm-hmm. album. We're trying to get him, trying to book him, but now he doesn't... You know what I mean? He would, you know... uh was it, Live Nation? He would one of them agencies. And it mm-hmm. was making it difficult to book him. You know what I'm saying? And then... So I'm working with, with Young Money. Shout out to my sister Nina Packer, who was GM of Young Money at the time. Mm-hmm. Working with Young Money to to do sponsorships on um, America's Most Wanted Tour. So that was the year when Drake and Nicki was first coming out. They both was on the road, you know what I'm saying? And we sold in this sponsorship package with with Miller Coors, and it was all about Drake. Drake was new. He was a perfect sponsorship person. He wasn't doing a whole lot of gangster talk. He was smooth. He was going to show up. He was going to do the work and he was rising perfect sell it through second day of the tour maybe third day of the tour Philadelphia you know what I'm saying we out there you know what I'm saying chopping it up trying to close the shit all the way out show stars you know what I'm saying Drake comes out that motherfucker running out there slips, falls, tears ACL and it was over so this nigga's off the tour you know what I'm saying this nigga's off the tour. We, we on the tour bus. They got all the Popeyes fried chicken in that bitch. <laughs> I'm, I'm sick. It's smelling like black man kryptonite in there, but I can't even think, nigga. I'm like ah, cause all my money tied up, in, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> this shit going through. You know what I'm saying. And so it didn't go through, cause he not on the tour no more. We pick him up from the hospital on the tour bus. He told my man they had the they had to, the, they had the Cut my jeans. I'm like,
0: nigga, your jeans? Nigga, you cut my whole <laughs> life. <laughs> Fuck my your mortgage. jeans.
1: <laughs> shit. <laughs> Fuck yeah, your man. jeans. But it was a teachable moment for real because that's when I decided, you know what? Because I already had the idea to do the video shit and do the content shit. And I was like, you know what? Fuck. I'm not selling nothing else for nobody. I'm not doing shit. I'm not borrowing no more motherfucking money. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna just do this shit that I'm trying to do, and that was the decision that pushed me off into doing the content because shit, you work really hard for for shit that sometimes don't work, and yeah. and you know no matter what I tried that year, dog, that shit all it's bomb. Yeah. That's an L story for y'all, motherfuckers. <laughs> since she wants an L's.
0: There you go. But, but you know what, man? You know they always say the L is for it stands for lesson, it stands for learning. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's what the spin is. Hey. That's what people tell you. Because yeah, that's you that got to, You, you got that's what you got to do, or you're gonna you're gonna be it's gonna be dead for you. You're gonna be caught. You're gonna be burled, like bolted up in a ball somewhere, curled up in a ball somewhere. Because the thing is, to your point, it gives you clarity. There's nothing that gives you more clarity than the loss. A loss will make like, it make you look around the entire room. You will, like you said, you remember the smell of the chicken. You, your all, it's sensory overload when you when you gotta dust yourself off. You have to. You have to look at. You gotta re-examine everything. What you had on. What you what you ate that day. Everything. Hey, nigga,
1: I remember all of it. I remember all yes. of it. I ate. Yeah. I ate a a, a, a a plate of calamari from the hotel lobby. See? You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? I had on a motherfucking button-down white shirt with some motherfucking jeans and shit. I lost. I got an exact number on that. You know what I'm saying? The right. the the point about the fried chicken. I make the point about the fried chicken because that's when I realized how important these promoters and tours are. Right. So, we pull in the Philly and 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 um Tina Ferris is the tour manager and she's, you know, telling people what to do and she was like, "Yo, find a Popeyes that we can get 400 pieces of chicken from cuz they want, right. you know, the Popeyes in all of the buses." When it was when everybody got <laughs> off the stage and it was time to move, all the buses had the Popeyes on it. And I'm thinking to myself, 400 pieces of chicken. That's a boom for, you know what I'm saying, the Popeyes that was just sitting there doing a regular day, you know what? Uh, you know, what we doing today? The regular-ass shit, and then somebody coming in and is like, I need 400 pieces of chicken. You know what, right. what I'm saying? And then, so that's like a boom for that that one Popeyes. Like, oh shit, 400 pieces of chicken right now, right quick, okay, boom. They put your picture on the wall. Exactly, <laughs> but then you start to think, that's just Popeyes. The liquor stove. Right. store, You know what I'm saying? Because everybody had whatever the 1842 or the whatever the the fucking drink was. 19,
2: whatever.
1: You know what I'm saying? Whatever Uh that was, all of them had that. You know what I'm saying? Uh All the hotels are booked because you got everybody coming in. You know what I'm saying? You got 20,000 people in this amphitheater. You got people working. You got people, you know what I'm saying, concessions, doing merch. You got all these people working, pushing crates, Uh loading the trucks. It's like... Yo, this one, this is a one man fucking economic boom for a city. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that made me look at how this shit works differently. So when you look at the importance of like an NBA or the NFL, it ain't just the team, and it ain't just the people they put in that arena. It's the people that work in that motherfucker, all the shit they selling, the surrounding communities, the parking lots that charge you forty two dollars for the for the event night, you know what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. people who fly in town, the hotels, you know what I mean? It's all this economic development going on at each stop that this NBA basketball makes, that Lil Wayne's tour makes, or Jay-Z or Beyonce or whoever the fuck, you know what I'm saying? Or Coachella, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. All of these things are promoters. To bring it back to the original point, That's promoters creating this economic engine. You know what I mean? NBA is entertainment, dog. So each fucking team is basically uh, the owner is the promoter, god damn it. This is what we're going to do. We're going to make this team dope. We're going to bring in the best talent. We're going to build the best arena. You know what I'm saying? And shit, that's how it
0: go. Yeah. That's why they say it's going to be a movie because it's a full-on production. It is exactly. true. It is true. Yeah, man. I think you got to you got to lose one to really appreciate the wins and all of that shit, no, cuz it it like I'm trying to tell you that clarity that you get and it don't even have to be losing as a promoter. Like you could lose a job. You know, I like mm-hmm. I remember when the recession hit, and everybody was losing their job like I think the mythology of job security was kind of debunked in a certain way where everybody was like you know yeah get yourself a good job get you some job security but when that shit ain't there then you got to realize it's like it makes you have to confront like well what do I want to do I ain't really like that job anyway and it turns out they didn't like me either So now, (laughs) I mean, what am I going to do? What can I do? What's my where my passion lie? If I'm going to gamble, maybe I should try to invest in myself. And things happen. Things, you know, you're, you're a little bit more you're a little bit more ready to say, fuck it. Let me try this. How much worse can it get? You know what I'm saying, and maybe it might get even worse for a while. But if you commit to it, hopefully at some point that should have spit around, and then you got a great story to tell. You mm-hmm. know, but uh, yeah, man. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm gonna have a great
1: story. I'm gonna have. I'm gonna have the greatest story ever told. And by the time I'm yeah. fucking finished, because shit, yeah. all these, all these l's. <laughs> but to, man. I done yeah. stood up after all my l's. You know what I'm saying? I stood up and i you know what i'm saying this this is the thing that that i would say about ls to any mm-hmm. young people listening that may have be they may be right now in the middle of a l mm. you know what i'm saying think about problems and and losses and all that shit only way to get past them it's to go through them. You know what I'm saying? You have to stand. Like if you lose somebody money, you got to go talk to that person and let them know. You know what I'm saying? That, you know, however you're going to resolve that shit, you got to resolve it. Like, if you, if you, you know what I mean? If you owe and you you fucking, you fail, all you got, you got to confront that shit dead on right away. Because the longer you you hold and wait and cry and sit in the corner and think, that shit only make that shit worse. And then you come out the L with three, four, five more Ls. You know what I'm saying? So my thing is, if I'm gonna take the L, you know what I mean? I'm gonna stand up on my shit. I'm a, you know what I'm saying? I'm gonna continue to put one foot in front of the other until you correct the shit. You know what I'm saying? Until you discover some new shit. And by the time you, when you get into your new shit that works, that that information that you got from the L and the people that Ain't at your throat because you know what I'm saying, you have settled your your situation with them. You know what I'm saying? Then if you figure you feel everybody's back in your corner and you're moving, and then you can move in a way that's smooth and that 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 is resolved from, you know what I'm saying, your previous lessons. You know what I'm saying? Now you're on to your blessings. Right. Right. You know what yeah. I'm saying? But you gotta get through your stressings first. Ooh.
0: Okay. Okay, keep going. (laughs) (laughs) Spitting. Oh, shit. Nah, that's real shit. That's real shit. That's coming to a meme near you (laughs) tomorrow. Oh, man. So what else is going on, dude? Oh, shit, man. Oh, man, I'm cool. What's good with you? Man, I'm chilling, man. I can't complain. You know, just... uh. In the world. You know, not, not yet. I'll be <laughs> in the world. <laughs> I'll be in the world shortly. I got a date on it. I'll be in the world shortly. You, you, you got a but, date? Yeah, i am be in the world. I'll be in the world. You, what, what you got saying? a show? Oh, no, no, no. Well, I, I'm going to put my avails out, and then I'll have some shit. Okay. i have some shows. I got a few things coming out, and I got to, you know, fuck it, man. It's this What's your date? Time. Um, middle of June. It's the middle of middle June. It's like June, June 10th. Yeah, 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 yeah. It'll be in the okay. world, in the world, in the world. Yeah. Shit, dude. June tenth,
1: yeah. right around the corner.
0: It is. It is right there. It is right there. So we. I'll be in the... I'll be out there.
1: So, so when be- you say you put a date on it, right? What, is, what does that mean? What does it mean that you put a date on it?
0: Um... What does that mean? <sighs> Shit. That means... Nigga went ahead and got the shots... So I had to get the shots okay. and shit, and then mm-hmm. after you know, after the shots, you got your your couple weeks post shots mm-hmm. to where mm-hmm. you ready to be in the world. Oh, okay, so that's, okay, that's yeah, okay. My, ready for the that's, ready for the world. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's my that's my doctor. Yeah, ready for the world. Exactly. That's my uh, is my uh, clinically uh, my clinical release date I get to really drop back into the world with whatever, and then. <laughs> But what's fucked me up though is uh as soon as you know nigga get situated I start seeing I start seeing a, a fucking a news thing talk about yo uh the vaccine might be linked to heart enlargement and all of this other shit I'm like ah damn it I'm I'm a, I'm gonna tell uh, you something
1: man the whole covid shit something is linked yeah. to heart enlargement. Remember so, early, all of this shit. Yeah. Remember back back in the day, man, last year on this show uh-huh. I talked about the shit that was going on in my heart.
0: Right. You know what I'm Uh-oh.
1: saying? Uh-huh. No, for real, for real. This this was Yeah, some they talk about. So, so listen. So, out the blue, you know what I'm saying? I was feeling bad. You know what I'm saying? One day it was I was you know what I'm saying, it felt like it was still in my soul, of like my body. Right. And I was like, maybe I should walk myself to the ER. And I told the story on the pod. And so I was like, fuck it. You know what I'm saying? Let me see if I can get a doctor's appointment. I got a doctor's appointment the next morning. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to probably just take me a little nap. You know, black people like shit. You don't feel good. You know, there's two things you could do. Take some testing, take a nap.
2: You know what I'm saying? Mm
1: -hmm. So I was like, I'm going to take me a nap. Took a nap, which turned out to be going to bed for real, for real. Woke up Mm -hmm. the next morning. I felt better. feel pretty good. But I still went to the doctor's appointment. Went to the doctor's appointment. They was like, you know what I'm saying? We look like your heart, you know what I'm saying? Something going on with your heart. You know, we're going to send you over here. Check this shit out. So I go to the cardiologist. Check my shit out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it look like your shit's enlarged. You might have this shit called a hokum, which is like an enlarged heart situation, which, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Uh, so that was a thing. So, you know, now we're going to send you for an MRI. Go to MRI. You know what I'm saying? They was like, nah, you ain't got no motherfucking hokum. But <clears throat> you got scars on your heart. So we don't know how you like, you want not know how they got there. It's like, you ever had a heart attack? We're like, nah. You ever did cocaine? Hell nah. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, 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 you know what I'm saying? <laughs> how you I'm, just
0: asked me that casually? I, I'm, I'm, nah, offended. Okay. I'm offended.
1: I'm right, offended. Right, what the right, fuck right. I look like? You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> <to you>. uh-huh. <laughs> I'm a hustler, not a customer. <laughs> no. Right. But anyway, so, you know what I'm saying? They don't know how the shit's got there. Whatever. We're going through these different tests. They don't know. Whatever. Boom. Later on down the line, my wife tests positive for the antibodies, so I'm like, "Oh shit! How you get the antibodies? The motherfucking COVID been in my house? What the fuck? You know what I'm saying? I felt, it, I mm-hmm. felt violated. Like the COVID just been sneaking around and shit. So mm-hmm. Tamia, stranger right. in my
0: home, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like
1: shit. So it's like, okay, if she had the antibodies, that shit was floating around in our shit. You know what I'm saying? Right. So then I was like, so the first thing I did is I put COVID heart scars. Mm. And then this this report from the Cleveland Clinic came up. and It was just posted maybe two days before I searched it, saying that they're seeing that a lot of COVID patients are having scars on their heart or heart abnormalities that, you know what I'm saying, they don't know how it got there. I'm like, oh, fuck. Maybe I had the COVID and I got the scars on my. But when that shit was happening, it was before the shit was a thing. You know what I'm saying? This was like January of 2020. So the the whole shit I was going through was like in January. So that was before the shutdown and all that shit. So it's like, damn. But now, you know what I'm saying? Who, like, if you don't know, like, if you had the COVID or if you had it and didn't know you had it, You know what I'm saying? You don't know the little effects that it's having on your heart or, you know what I'm saying, in different parts of your body. I think that's the more long-lasting effects of this COVID shit is that Mm -hmm. it's putting more people into the medical space of having some type of abnormality that you didn't have before that you may not know about. Mm. So how does that affect everybody 15 years from now when, you you know what I'm saying, you start like, oh, Lord, what's going on? You know what I'm saying? You ain't going to remember the COVID era. You know what I mean? This shit just adding more and more people to the fucking shit. It might be cutting years off our life. We don't know. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I, ain't, yeah. I ain't giving a fuck about it. I'm living. So shit. I'm you might live. as well. I'm going to yeah. live till they take me.
0: Did you ever take the antibodies test or no? No.
2: Nah.
1: <laughs> I, I heard everything I need to know. <laughs> you got your, I already got the scars to show. I got the scars to right. show. Shit, my wife had to have
2: <laughs> Yeah, huh.
1: I got the scars. What the fuck? What the fuck right. I'm going to look for? This? I'm going to pay for a motherfucker to tell me, yeah, you may have, you know what I'm saying? You may have not. <laughs> <laughs> it don't oh, matter. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> right, at this point, yeah, you got it the scars. It don't matter. You got the scars. Yeah, it's well. like you got it now. You got to live accordingly. Yeah. That's another yeah, that's lesson it.
0: for yeah. your motherfucking ass. So prodigy, until my death, I'm supposed to stay alive. No doubt, survival of the fittest. But I don't oh, want to yeah, be a prodigy though. Shit. Oh uh, man, don't do that. <laughs> <Rest> <laughs> don't in peace. do that. Rest, rest <laughs> in peace. Um, but you know, shit, we all online. That's my brother-in-law always say. You know what I nah, mean? Nah, like we definitely, we, we definitely, we <laughs> oh, definitely yes. online. <laughs> right, right. There ain't no way you're gonna uh, escape that. I
1: uh, know it when just, your number gonna get called. Uh, just like I'm uh, waiting on my D nice number to be called. Shit. Right, Which
2: gonna right. come first?
0: <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> well, hopefully <laughs> hopefully you get to go to the Hollywood Bowl. <laughs> I don't know if so. Damn. Oh <laughs> uh, shit. What was saying But um Uh Yeah, but that's shit, man. Other than that, that's it. Just just getting my my world together for that, getting back in the world and all of that. But um you know, summer's here and I know I know you kind of wanted to touch on some shit for a minute. So let's have this conversation. Uh <laughs> we'll see. Yes. I
1: just I just you know what I'm saying I realize every summer mm-hmm. summer comes up you know what I'm saying? Everything, you know, you get festive, you feel like, you know what I'm saying, busting a move. And I go to my closet and I realize that summer clothes don't last that long, man. Every summer, I never have shit to wear. You know what I'm saying? Fall I'm good, you know, your sweatshirts and your your sweaters and crew necks and all that shit. That shit hold through the test of time. Summer shit mm-hmm. be gone. You like, "Man, what the f- did I what did I wear last summer?" Then you be looking at the shit you wore last summer, like, man, that ain't even it no more. It's like, what is it about summer clothes that switches so fast, where your last year's shit ain't the shit no more?
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's a good question. It's almost as if summer clothes, and I'd felt like this for a while. It's funny, I kind of felt like this way back, even back going to Miami for Memorial Day. Like, summer clothes are kind of viewed as disposable little bit Mm -hmm. you know and i think the reason my theory is a couple things a couple two theories that i got one uh well one i the summer the summer is it's the summer right it's lights cameras action it's bright as fuck Mm -hmm. it's being on stage it's on set you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like the sun is shining bright. Uh, everything is, everything is highlighted. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You need to look crisp mm-hmm. because the light is on that shit. Shine a light on it. You know that song? You know what <laughs> I mean? Like your shit should be crisp because it matches everything else that's going on. Everything else is bright. Everything else is in full bloom. You know what I mean? Them sneakers mm-hmm. should be crisp. That that fucking that line should be crisp. That shirt, that neckline should be crisp on it. You know what I mean? No wrinkles. Whatever. You know the whole shit is just. Mm-hmm. It's a. It is the first. It's like. It's the official real outdoors. Uh, season. Right. You know what I mean? Like, winter. Fall and all of that shit. You're distracted by, you know, you going back to work, going back to school. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you go, it's getting dark early. So if your shit is a little, you know, if you got some lint on your shit, it might not show. It, mm-hmm. it, you know, you it it is a little bit more forgiving if mm-hmm. you uh if your shit is a little stretched out. You know, what I mean, summer. Also, the thing about summer is that's when you realize. You got fat. You know what I mean. That's when it dawns on oh, you. Oh shit! All this shit, all this shit that I did over the over the winter and in, in the in the fall, I gained a few. So these summer clothes from last time they don't fit like they used to summer is mm-hmm. everything is on blast you got you know motherfuckers going to the beach people taking you as much of your your bodies exposed all of that shit so mm-hmm. a lot of people want to dress it up as best as they can and mm-hmm. summer is like you know new this so you know if there is a trend that's popping this is people's you know uh Embrace of whatever the trend is. It's about the moment. It's about being in the right. And then, so a year later, that trendy shit is over with. They don't, right. we ain't doing that no more. So it's a lot right. of that. That's what I think. Right. Bro. How you and, feel and, about and it? See, this, this,
1: with you saying all that, you made me realize something about myself. You know what I'm uh-huh. saying? It's like, you know, I guess this is what happens when people go to the shrink and the shrink be telling them some shit and it make you realize mm-hmm. something about your own self. So, you going to the shrink? No, no. I was like, you must shrink right now in this. Oh, okay. In close right, conversation. okay. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying. Like... When you were talking, I realized yeah. that when it comes to fall, you know, winter, you know what I'm saying? Not, you know, just your your, your standard shit. Like mm-hmm. you t- I put more thought into okay, I'm gonna buy this shit and I know that shit is Classic that's a classic right. style because I'm from Miami so you know what I'm saying you know I didn't have fall and winter you know what I'm saying so mm. I pay more attention to actually building a fall and winter you know what I'm saying uh repository of shit you know what I'm saying mm. when it comes to summer you know what I'm saying you used to be in, all right I get some t-shirts you know what I'm saying I might Grab a couple of shots. Whatever. You just grabbing shit. And most times I find myself unprepared. So you just grabbing shit for the moment. You know what I mean? And then, and I don't really shop like that. I I really shop for longevity. You know what I'm saying? I buy shoes that last. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I wanna, I want, I buy shit that, you know what I'm saying, that ain't finna play out real quick. But summer, it's like, oh shit, I'm late. Let me go get some shit. So what I realize about myself is that I need to actually put more thought into the things that I buy for summer. Mm-hmm. And that maybe, you know what I'm saying, some of that stuff can repeat itself over different summers. So, like, I never really buy no real hardcore shit. Like, you go buy a summer shirt and you got to pay $200 for it, you're like, hell nah shit. this summer. <laughs> you know right. what I'm saying? Right. Let me get a $40 T-shirt. You know what right. I mean? Like but disposable. For fall, right. right, and for a fall if you buy a motherfucking $600 jacket, you like, shit, nigga, I'm gonna wear this bitch for 10 years. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? But I don't think like that when it comes to summer. And that's what I probably need to think, okay, how can I put my summer essentials together? And I might need some help with that. I might need, you know what I'm saying? You know who do summer real good, summer clothes real good. Oh. Terrell,
0: Terrell, the stylist. Well, he What's... does all year clothes. Good. He's, he's no, I know, stylish. I know. I'm
1: just saying. But he, when, no, I, I, see, though. when yeah, I, I see, you when I see some dope ass summer shit, some Miami shit, he he style for DJ Khaled too. Right. So yeah. when I see some dope ass summer shit, it's always Terrell wearing that shit. Or you know what I'm saying? Like, god damn, mm-hmm. dog, where you get that from? And, you know, stylists don't like to just tell you where they get that shit from. So
0: I need yeah, to the consult. Ill- <laughs> yeah, an ill Gucci jacket on the other day. Multicolored color block shit. I ain't never seen no shit. I was like, that shit fire. But I yeah, nah. nah <laughs> you know what what Terrell I'm always gonna... got some shit. You know
1: what I'm saying? He always got some shit for you that you like, oh Lord. Terrell yeah. Jones is his name, y'all. He at Terrellish on the Instagram. But but I have to look at it in a different way. Cause in my mind. All other three seasons my shit is solid. But I think about summer as like, you know what I'm saying, whatever. You know what I mean? I know, getting a little this, a little that, short sleeve, this, blah, blah. You ain't you don't think that shit is is supposed to add up to much. And but then it don't. And then you come back the next year and you're like, ah damn, nigga, what the fuck am I doing? So you help me come to a conclusion. On this summer uh-huh. clothes shit. Because I was I was literally baffled on every year I have nothing. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, summer comes and I literally have nothing. Like, damn, what the fuck did I wear last summer? Then you go back and look and be like, oh, shit, that, that shirt is through. That's done. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Them shorts yeah. ain't shit no more. You know right. what I mean? It's like, what are the staples? And I should know this because I'm from Miami. But I guess when, when you're there, you're not thinking about it like that and shit. You know what I mean? You just just going through the motions. And you just do and at that time you're young, you just you you want to do the new shit every year. But now you're grown. You want some shit that you know what I'm saying? You can pull out like let me go get my summer case and see what's in here. Oh. This mm-hmm. is not this is a nice resort wear, you know what I'm saying? Oh, this was right. from, the, you know what I'm saying, 2000, you know what I'm saying, 22 collection. You know what I'm saying? We're not Yeah. You know, but I haven't thought about something like that. And until this conversation, I didn't even think about something in that, that way.
0: Yeah, I think it also I think all of this shit has it. It helps if you just have fun with it. You know what I mean? Don't make it that big a deal. You know, like, obviously, you want to be presentable, but there is no. Like, there's no perfect outfit. There's outfits that get very close to it. There's motherfuckers that kill it. Mm -hmm. But more often than not, those people that kill it are people that enjoy doing that shit. Like we talk about Terrell. You could tell he loved clothes. He loved style. He loved getting fly. Right, that's his business. That's his business. That's his business. That's his business. But even if it wasn't his business, even before it was his business, you could tell that was probably his passion. Right. You know what I'm saying? So and people that don't even have a business in it that just they like putting shit together. That's just there's people, just like there's people that know how to dance, people that know how to fight. There's people that just know how to dress, and it's damn near innate. Right. You know what I mean? Like they because they don't, they don't overthink it. But to the outside eye, they, they it, it's so consistent, it's so who they are that it looks like there's a process. And I'm not saying that there is isn't a process. There's some thought that goes mm-hmm. to it, but it might not be as much thought as somebody who it doesn't come natural to or doesn't they're not as invested right. in it would think. Right. You know what I mean? Some people just like, that's just how I feel. You know what I mean? Like I know people that just like, you know, cause sometimes I've 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 got into it. I've asked people, you know, shit, we've had Rachel Johnson on the show. Mm-hmm. And you know, obviously there's there's definitely thought behind it, but at the crux of it, a lot of it is feel. You know
1: no, what I'm saying? No you just can't. You no, know no. what I mean? And and see, so. I pride myself on knowing how to. I, I know how to put myself together. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And and you know, you talk about somebody like like Terrell and Rachel. They, these niggas is like they savants at this shit. You know what I'm saying? This is. You know what I mean, this shit is they blessed with a gift. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? For not only being able to do it for themselves, but to take some other people and bless them with with their own gift. My thing is, okay, this this is what I just come to conclusion of. You know, when you're in a like say I'm in New York now, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Summer, you know, you might get two, two and a half months of good summer. You know what I'm saying? Like t- mm-hmm. today, what's this? This is the official this not officially really summer, but it's the unofficial start of summer with Memorial Day, right? right. It was 50-something degrees, you know what I'm saying? had on the crew neck on Memorial Day. It was 55 degrees. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, you don't really got to think about summer till like July. And then it's August and then it's fall. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, it be so quick that you don't really never, I never really put the emphasis on it. You know what I mean? You put the emphasis on the shit you're going to get more use out of. But I think if I look at it like, okay, let me get some solid ass summer pieces, then I can build around that and keep coming back to it and not just let summer be white t-shirts. You know what I'm saying? White t-shirts ain't mm-hmm. gonna last. Them shits is done by motherfucking September. You gotta you gotta re-up on all your white t-shirts. I don't care how expensive them shits is. By the time you get a little, you know what I'm saying, hot wing on one, you know what I'm saying, a little hennessy on the other, shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Your little white T-shirt collection is through. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying That's, them scissors, it's for the moment. Them shirts is yeah. undershirts for the for the fall, <laughs> and then they threw. Right. You know what I mean? So you gotta go look at okay. You gotta look at it like how Timberland looked at it, but not. I'm not gonna act like Timberland and get a short set. But Timberland came summer ready. He had a short set on on his verses, a whole silk. Uh-huh. Short set from the Mike Tyson '80s era, <laughs> right, right, right,
2: right. You know yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Some resort
0: wear, yeah, yeah exactly. You know Dapper Dan yeah. looking, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to yeah, go yeah.
1: get your resort wear,
0: but I, you know, man, <laughs> yeah, There you go. He was living his. best. was what he wanted. That's what he wanted. Typically he felt
1: came it. out there living on y'all, motherfuckers.
0: Poolside, hey, Tim. Yeah. Hell yeah! Sweat it all the way through that shit. That might be one and done. that could be a wonder. that might not that can't be resuscitated by the cleaners for all of that shit that nigga was he was yeah he was sweating hard than a motherfucker through that shit was translucent (laughs) at the end of it but it made a statement it was for the moment it was a line item because that's the other thing too back to your preparation shit we're going to keep it funky that's it's all about preparation And, and when it comes to preparation um it's a line item. It's a budget. You know what I'm saying? It's like, all right, how much we investing in the summer? Mm-hmm. The wardrobe is what's the what's the situation? I right, bet. And then you move with what you got. And then you know after that, it is what it is. Especially if you wanted the 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 heavy sweaters in the in the big, there's a lot of heavy sweaters out there. I, I get a good sweat on. Sometimes shit is not gonna make it. You know what I'm saying? So you know this <laughs> shit here wee! you gonna get you gonna get a couple wears out of that shit, but after that, toss it out. Don't look at them underarms. <laughs> shit, shits look, those shits is toasted. But uh, yeah. yeah, bro, you know it's just one of those things, man. Enjoy yourself. Um, I'm getting ready. What you think of this?
1: But go ahead. Yeah. What I think of. What you
0: think of this? This Naomi Osaka story. Which, Are you familiar? I,
1: I mean, yeah, I'm familiar with it. I mean, she tired of fucking dealing with that shit. And she ain't want to deal with it this time, right? She ain't want to do the press because she ain't want to do the shit. God damn it, she was Marshawn mm. Lynch on their ass. I'm just here so I won't get fined. You know what I'm saying? Right. And now she, she mm-hmm. you know, what I'm saying she, you know, she, she, she has a lot to say. You know what I mean? Even through, you know, you know the the protests, she, you know, she would show up with the shit on her mask. You know what I'm saying? Right. So she has a lot to say, but then she she don't really want to say it to y'all, like the people who, you know what I'm saying, who going to misconstrue what she say. Like the French press and, you know what I'm saying, they already come in with an angle because she, you know what I'm saying, the 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 black chick, you know what I mean, she done seen how it worked for Serena and Venus and all them. They been through this, you know what I mean? They the same motherfuckers, French Open, the same ones that banned. Serena from wearing the cat suit that she wanted to wear because she had the blood clots after having given birth. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's specifically designed to help, you know what I'm saying, treat the blood clots. But they they banned that shit because it wasn't they style of shit. So they, they're they typically insensitive to our, you know what I'm saying, situation. So, you know, she in the point where she's, the prime motherfucker right she's the Serena of 2021 and all eyes on her you know what I mean so all questions on her all press on her you know what I'm saying that probably pressures her into a space that she probably not ready for yet you know what I mean and and this generation has the latitude to say you know what I'm gonna call mental health and I'm not gonna do this shit okay mm. <laughs> why you say it like that I'm gonna call mental health no, because it's like I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna utilize that I I need a mental health day mental health break from you motherfuckers. You know what I'm saying? Okay. It ain't nothing new. People been saying it in different ways. Like Marshawn Lynch, he don't want to have to talk to y'all about this shit. You know what I'm saying? Why he want to do it? Why didn't Why didn't Marshawn Lynch want to talk to the press? Cause that shit is draining. After you done fucking put your body on the line. You know what I mean? You out here banging and da da da. they motherfucker come ask you the same stupid ass question that they asked last week and shit about some shit that don't even have to that don't even apply to you. It's like man, I, I I'm I can't do it. I can't do it today. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I guess yeah. that's how she felt. And this generation, they they more standing up for that type of thing because they they've seen it and they they utilize those options to say, you know what, I'm not I'm not with that. You know what I mean? Which is,
2: mm-hmm. which
1: is a good thing because each generation has a little more freedom than than the, the generation previously, as far as when it comes mm-hmm. to to us and and people of color. You know what I mean? So her extending her her privilege to say, you know what? I'm the highest earning female athlete in the world. I don't feel like talking to you motherfuckers today so i'm not well if you don't talk to us you're gonna get fined Well, find me and guess what i quit i ain't even doing this tournament fuck you mm. you know yeah and now you yeah, know nah. now you know i don't know how much having a rapper as a boyfriend you know what i'm saying <laughs> you know attributes to to your, your cause but shit I won't attribute it at all to it, but I'm just saying, they're a rapper and a tennis player and they motherfucking living the way that they want to live. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I I respect the fact that she's in the position to kind of call her own shots in a way. Or at least she, you know, She's in a position to where she could pay the cost to be the boss, mhm-, you know, like if you're gonna find me, I'll eat that uh if you don't you know if if it's gonna get crazy and you're gonna you're gonna get rid of me, then let me leave and kinda i guess save face or whatever mm-hmm. um. But I appreciate. No, guy, go ahead, go, no I'm say?
1: sorry. I was. I, was I, I know you was keeping. Continue. Go ahead.
0: Yeah. I, I. You know. Like. Obviously, I fuck with her. I like. I like. I'm starting to fuck with her more because she's becoming more vocal, mm-hmm. or she's doing more. And I think, like you said, generationally, things change incrementally and people push it even further and one thing that this generation has that past generations didn't have was their own press outlets whether Mm -hmm. that's you know you know the internet social media all of that shit so you could speak to your fans directly Mm -hmm. right so all right i get it i get it i get it but then i'm not i see people getting upset with i think it's called rolling Garros. it's the the corporation that does the French Open and all of that shit. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they mad at them. I'm not mad at them. It's a thing. It's a it's a contract. It's a contract. It's something that's an agreement. If if you felt a way, if you got anxiety and depression and you felt a way about being asked these maybe To you trivial questions Or have your game picked apart Or whatever whatever And you don't really want to subject yourself to that Because of your own mental state Honestly I think You could have had a conversation With them people I don't know if they did or not I don't think they did But you could have had a conversation with the people As opposed to just Preemptively just going to your Instagram or whatever And saying yo This is how it's going to be I don't want to do that shit it yeah.
1: is what it is. Well, we don't know. I mean, we don't know if she. We, had that's a,
0: what I said. That's what I. That's what I said. I don't right, know. Right. That's what I, I would hope. I would hope maybe there could be a private conversation because at that point now you making it a public thing. Now you mm-hmm. you leveraging your fan base or whatever, whatever. And if you got the juice, sometimes you gotta pour it, right? Yep. You know what I mean. Sometimes it's a political act. Again, I fuck with her. I'm standing with her. I'm just, I understand also business is business. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like you could flex that because you're at the top of the game. You are the, the Serena of the game and you like, mm-hmm. you know what? I'm not taking this shit no more. I had to endure this shit for X amount of years on my way up. Now that I'm here, I'm calling, I'm calling the shots. Right. You know what I'm saying? The rules get different. Just how they had the Jordan rules and right. you know what I mean? Just how like, I know Beyonce said, look, I'm not doing no, press again right you know what i'm saying unless i see the questions but you know like when you when you the shit you could do shit like that right Right. however however though like if and it was funny shout out to uh ray sani i liked her take on it because it was there's a part of it that is there's a relationship between media and the the talent you know what i'm saying because it's about the fans or whatever right it's like and we might even talk about fans in a second, but it's about some of these questions are silly. Some of these questions are stupid or whatever, but it's about access. It's about insight. It's about we saw what you did on the floor. We saw what you did on the court or whatever. We kind of want to get in your mind about maybe why you did what you did. Just this access. Mm -hmm. Because part of the thing is if we create in this, this platform for you to perform on, and for you to show your talents to share your talents and compete, we all you know what I mean, we also want to be able to have access to, yo, this person was in our tournament. You know what I'm saying? We want, you know, this is shit. This is how we pay our bills. You know what I'm saying? Like this is this is shit. This press tent was sponsored by American Express, who underwrote the whole shit. And if I ain't got the big dog, they might not come back next year. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And from the door. It was kind of it was it was agreed upon that this was going to happen. Now, if it hadn't been agreed upon, that's a whole different thing. But if it's been agreed upon that you're going to do this 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 and this, every part of the shit ain't, you know, obviously you busting your ass and you playing the game or whatever whatever, but if the if the contract is calling for some press involvement, then you're only entitled to what you negotiate. Right. You know what I'm saying. And, and and it's just like if you don't do it, like either either then or you're gonna have to band with all of the other players to say, "Yo, fuck it, we're gonna revolt. We're gonna turn this whole shit over, like as a unit." You know what I'm saying? We're gonna unify. We're gonna turn this bitch over. And shit like that happens. Right. You know what I'm saying? Things change, and and I'm all about you know shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, power to the artist, power to the creators, power to the talent, power to, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know, the establishment is the establishment. It's faceless corporations or whatever, whatever. They they earning off of your personality. So, shit, ring that shit. Leverage it as much as you can. Right. Leverage it as much as you can. But when you sign, you signed. And now you got to stick to the terms of what you did or Step off, but, see, but you know.
1: Here's the thing where ahead. it gets where it gets tricky. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. yeah, you know everybody do the press. Everybody signs up. Everybody signs the same shit. You got all the you know everybody doing the press. But then oh wait
0: wait let me make one last point. Let me make one last point. You gonna go to because that's one thing I wanted to say. Um, as dope as Marshawn Lynch was on the on the field, and he was a beast on the field. I'll be honest with you. Some of his most memorable shit was his press shit. Some of Muhammad Ali's most memorable shit was his press shit. Some of, you know what I'm saying? Like some of that press shit, because it's also, and I think it's almost like, it's almost, like I see this a lot in comedy, you know what I mean? And it's not contractual, it's different. But sometimes when you see some shit that can be, looked like an obstacle or some shit that is restrictive, when you see somebody make it their own, it blows the doors open. That whole, I'm just here because I don't want to get fine shit, it was surly or whatever the fuck, but that shit was legendary. That shit is like, that shit is one of his biggest statements. Or, nigga, go get your chicken. You know what I'm saying? Or da 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 da. Like all of these little moments, like that's also part of the package. That's what, that's kind of what creates the mystique, what makes you, that takes you to that next level to where you like a superstar. You look at certain people, that shit takes it to a whole nother level. You could be a beast on the court and be bland as fuck, but if you spin that shit, motherfuckers will remember your name, but go ahead.
1: Right, but see, that's that's the thing. The way they spin it for, you know, some is different than when the way they spin it for others. So when you talk about tennis, which is a purely... 99% 99% white sport you know what I'm saying when they're talking to the white girls they're not talking to them and agitating them the same way as they do a Venus or Serena or a, you know what I'm saying Naomi at this point now but we've seen it over Venus and Serena's career where the press actually agitates them and and you know what I'm saying comes at them in a way that they don't do to the other players they don't do to the white men that that, that play the sport, that may throw a tantrum or break their racket. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's you know, that's, that's competitive spirit. But then when they talk, when that same press talks to our people, it's, do you think you have a bad attitude? Or do you think you, you know what I'm saying, that's unsportsmanlike, or what, what is going on with you, you? know? So you have to deal with that. When you sit there and you see how they talk to this particular player who lost, and then they come talk to you who won in a way that's aggressive and agitating. That shit gets old, you know what I'm saying? And yes, Venus, Serena, they had to they had to go through it. They had their times where they, you know what I'm saying, didn't handle it as well. You know what I'm saying? They had their times where they handled it very well. To even today Venus is on there is talking about uh they she's doing a press thing and she's saying how the people that, that you guys who are asking me these questions and throwing these things at me, you can't dim my light because you're not you you haven't done what I've done. You know what I'm saying? She said that's today. Like even she not even at the top of her shit, they still throw darts at her. You know what I'm saying? It's and it's the same way they do with Kyrie and LeBron, whoever the fuck. You know what I'm saying? They don't do Luca from Dallas Mavericks the same way they do all these other players. They they got they praise. He's gonna be the future. Da da. da, da. You know what I'm saying? So when these people had to go through things that they know that we may not know that we didn't sit down and see how they did. You know what I'm saying? The, the last seed, uh, white girl from Russia and, and in her loss, you know what I'm saying? And then you come, you done won your shit. And, and they coming at you like you, they attacking you. Like over time, that shit gets frustrating. And and if you're in this era and you're living in a world where you control you can control your narrative and you're young and you're Naomi and you're like, you know what? Fuck that shit. I'm not with that shit this week. You know what I'm saying? Fuck it. You know what I mean? Yeah, she might take a hit. She might take a loss. But like you said, you said the Marshawn Lynch was his main shit and he was totally against the shit. You know what I'm saying? So, this may be her main shit. This may be her her stake in the ground that says, you know what, this needs to change for the girls coming after me, you know? Mm-hmm. The, the way Venus and Serena handled it, it was a whole nother way. They had to really, you know what I'm saying, come with wit and fucking snapbacks and clapbacks in order to just right. be there. Like, they daddy had to come with the clapbacks just for them to be like right. the, the video of, of the daddy with, uh, who was it, Venus saying that she was very confident and that she was going to win. And the guy was like, why are right. you so confident? Like, they don't ask the other people that shit. He was drilling down, trying to break her down, saying, like, right. why should you be confident? You Who are you to be confident like that? And her daddy had to step in and be like, you know what, man, fuck that. Stick. Keep going, man. Like, she's not going to answer that shit no more. Like, right. so imagine if... They didn't have a daddy and they just had to take that shit over and over and over and over and over. And over. And over. You know what I'm saying? It's like right. people like Naomi, she's like standing up for her own self saying, "You know what? I ain't going to take it. Not not today." You know what I mean? I do the next tournament. You know what I mean? Right. Cuz at the same well, time, t- t- as much as y'all as much as
0: I need to press y'all need me. Mhm. Agreed. Like and I, and I agree with that. That's I agree with that, but my thing was, if it was a contract, there's a contract, you can negotiate all of that. And the other point is, like I said, there's a whole new platform available. Even though it's not as broad, you know, social media, you get to speak to the people that are invested in you, right? But to that point, um, and I've watched enough Slave uh, content to, to really speak to this it's been fucked up for us for a while. (laughs) I mean, like I don't trust me. I've been watching. I've watched, I'm done with it now, but I finished underground railroad and all of that. Um, it's always been, it's always been fucked up. That's part of the journey. Right. Mm -hmm. And most of the people that we like in entertainment and that are on the big stage, sports, entertainment, politics, all of that shit. Uh, the access that most of us have gotten to them more often than not is through the press, whether it's the national press, the black media, or just the stories in the street, urban legend, you know what I'm saying? Like that's the, that's the other tier. But like all of those moments like that motherfuckers go to for inspiration were often said in front of a microphone. You know what I'm saying? This was before, obviously, before social media and all of that. So even in the midst of all of that, which we all see, we all like, we all got eyes. You know what I mean? If you if you're uh, black, you you see the injustice. But then in the midst of that shit, it's almost like it's almost like n one when and you talk some shit like. As opposed to, like, um, look, you can do whatever you want to do, especially if you're popping. You could do whatever you want to do. You can say, fuck this shit, and that's my statement. Jay-Z boycotting the Grammys. You know what I mean? That's my statement. I'm not going. It is what it is. My absence will speak for itself. Sometimes you got to boycott. Sometimes you got to step away, and hopefully that'll change the, the culture. I'm all about doing what you feel like you're not to do, especially if you have the agency to get it off. Um but I also will say, though, a lot of those moments, just most recently, the whole shit, I don't know if you saw that whole shit with Simone Biles. She did some crazy acrobatic shit that I didn't know that was so far and beyond mm-hmm. what people could fathom doing mm-hmm. that damn near they penalized her from it, right? Now, I'm not the biggest gymnastics fan. I'm not the biggest tennis fan fan. I'm probably a decent basketball fan, but that's probably because it's, you know, mostly it's a black league and it's probably the most endemic to the culture. You know what I'm saying? But, like, I'll tune into the people. I'll tune into my people when they getting their shit off. And back to, I can't really speak to exactly what Simone did. though know, she did some crazy, like, triple-summy type shit. It looked mm-hmm. bananas. But more than anything, what I'd pull from that shit is... When they penalized her, they said, yo, why did you do it? She was like, because I can. <laughs> and I was like, nigga, what? But that is the moment where I'm like, nigga, it's like spiking the football sometimes. It's like, yo, you got the audacity to ask me some bullshit. And I'm still gonna, I'm still gonna style on you. Cause you think, you know what I'm saying? It's it's damn near, it's it's fucked up. Cause it's an extra game mm-hmm. that you gotta play, that these motherfuckers ain't gotta play. But Unfortunately and it, until it changes and it will change it's going to be incremental as fuck it's going to take a while mm-hmm. but in the moment while we here that is part of the package of black excellence right. is against the odds I'm still shining on you motherfuckers. I still got some slick shit to say because that's also a talent. Right. You know what I mean? I could play ball. I could flip. I could, you know what I mean? All of that other shit. And I could shit talk like a motherfucker as well. And I can inspire my people in a sound bite. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, but but see, some days you don't feel like doing that shit. True And True right now
1: day. we're just looking at the day she decided not to do it. In the, in the over the course of her career, this day ain't even going to fucking matter. You know what I'm saying? It probably was days when Muhammad Ali said the wrong shit. You know what I'm saying? Or did the wrong move, made the wrong move. It's like, well, remember that shit in the end. In the end, you're going to do what you do. You're going to be talented. You're going to be great in your sport. And, you know, some of these takes will will take you somewhere. Some of these takes will fall on deaf ears. So today Mm -hmm. she decided she wasn't playing the game with him, and that was it. You know what I'm saying? Other days, like Simone Biles, like, you know what I'm saying? She had a nice little clap back, on the ass this time. But there's other times where, you know what I'm saying, they, they, they might say you're doing too much and she don't have the right clap back. You know what I'm saying? It's probably yeah. been over experience of years of having to deal with this shit and having to go out there and do acrobatic ass shit that nobody else is doing and still getting the same points as everybody else to get to this point where she's at now, she's like, you know what? I'm going to do the shit that ain't nobody else tried in competition because it's so easy to fuck it up. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to do it anyway because I could fucking do it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it took, she's been in this game for a minute. You know, this ain't her first year in this shit. To have that comment now, you know what I'm saying, is it took years of fucking racist ass judging
0: to get here hmm Nah, dude. I look again. I fuck with Naomi. I support on her decision. It's what she did. At the same time, uh, my thing is, I I just think it was what it was. I don't even think it was a no-win situation. I don't. I'm not mad at the French Open for being the French Open. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. it is what it is. It, that we, you kind of know what you're dealing with when you go into it. So when you when you get that the, uh, the gravitas to be able to say fuck it flex it you know what I'm saying as long as you could deal with the consequences or whatever comes with it you, you just deal with whatever comes with it but that's it you know what I'm saying like I'm not like but I'm not one like and I'm cool with that I like you know it's it's a it's a flex you know what I'm saying Not even a flex it's a stand you're taking a stand you're going all out you're doing what you want to do. And you, you know what I mean? You, you're yeah. exerting your position. Um, I'm just not, I'm not mad at, cause I saw people saying, like, I think, uh, I think I saw like, uh, Jamel Hill was like, uh, you should be ashamed of yourself. See, is this what you wanted or whatever? And it's like, yeah, oh, man, that's, that's their policy. If they, everybody, everybody's sticking to their guns. You know what I'm saying? People sticking to their guns. It is what it is. This motherfucker, she's gonna go that way, they're gonna go this way. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a fit. It was it was what it was. Let's keep going. If you wanna deal with this, these are the terms, you know what I'm saying? Until these terms get, you know, renegotiated, till you use your leverage to to flip it. You know I, what I'm saying?
1: I don't I don't think what she said was I'm anti press. I ain't never doing press. She said, I'm just not doing it today. Okay. And that's, yeah, that's it Yeah, know, and she okay. didn't. She yeah, yeah. she stood on it. She took walked away from the tournament. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So the shit, that's that. You motherfucker, now you got to find somebody else to lean on for your ratings. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Cuz it's a give and take. She, you know, she ain't going nowhere. She a bad motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? Right. So she going to be whooping ass for a long time and they going to have to deal with her on this circuit. If she stopped going to that particular thing, then it's so big. Venus Arena, they, they stopped going to certain stops on the tour because it was very racist. And you know what I'm saying? Some of the, like at Indian Hills, they, they ended up getting booed because of some shit, some racist shit. And so they stopped going to that motherfucker. You know what right. I mean? And so, Hey, you know that probably knocked their pockets. That probably, you know what I mean. Probably put a bad taste in their mouth across the whole pe- the tennis association, or whatever. But you know, you got to protect yourself, and you know, mm. and your people around you going to help protect you. And if 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 stepping down for this one little tournament is going to help, then, hey, fuck it. Then you go on and do the next one. That's probably a whole lot more friendlier. She might get more love in Australia or fucking uh uh. What's the one in London? Motherfucking Wimbledon. Wimbledon. But, you know what I'm saying? She might get or more Star love start her own shit.
2: Nah, well, you know. We always-
0: Houseway. Nah, but, you, <laughs> nah, but you know, nah, 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 but you know what, though? That's the thing because it's like, you look at shit like, okay, you look at like the Vanity Fair party it used to be the big event around the Oscars or whatever. You look at shit like the Rock Nation brunch. Mm-hmm. that's some that's some we start that you know what i'm saying that's some culture started shit and yeah. now that shit is damn near usurped or, or if you look at the shop you know what i'm saying or you know uh what kevin duran has been doing like obviously what these other things have in uh heritage and years and years in the game gives it you know it's it's esteemed or whatever but If you got the juice, sometimes you pour that shit. You know what I'm saying? It was like, you know, so my thing is, you know, like, I'm always about like some revolutionary shit. You know what I'm saying? Like if you, and the thing is, but the thing also is, if you know some shit is some bullshit, you could try to turn it over. You could try to flip it. But if you know some shit is some bullshit going in and you still participate in that, there's there's this there's, there's rules of engagement. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, but if you say, they- fuck it, I'm gonna do my own thing, I'm gonna just, you know, Jay-Z not going to the Grammys, or I'm gonna, you know what I mean? I'ma start yeah. my own shit, I'ma yeah, celebrate say- my own shit. Yeah, come
1: on, they, they didn't start their whole institutions. They still had to play the game. They Jay-Z still released records with record companies. He didn't just say, fuck it, I'm gonna step outside of this shit. He started little things along the way. She probably could start things along the way, but right now she's a a, a player on the circuit. You know what I'm saying? She got beef with this particular um tournament, which she's gonna be on the next tournament next week. You know what I'm saying? So it's not for her to start her own thing because now you got to get all the same people that's not on your side to be on your side. The other players not on the side either. They, they benefit from the way that the press do the minority athletes in tennis. You know what I'm saying? So it's not in her best interest to try to start her own tour. It's in her best interest to say, you know what? Fuck this particular tournament. I'll go play all these other ones and still kick all, all these motherfuckers ass.
0: You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but they interrelated. They're that was the, that was the part of the threat. They're interrelated. That's what made the threat so ill. Because it was like, yo, we're going, going deep in the fun, mm-hmm. and then we'll a spot will you could get kicked off this tournament mm-hmm. and we and we're down with these other four that make, I guess, the grand slam. Right. So it's like it's the but, whole little squad. But guess but what? Back to
2: But guess what?
1: All them other tournaments ain't gonna play ball when you got the number one player in the fucking world. You know what I'm saying? Somebody's yeah. going to take her. You know what I'm saying? Cuz she's the ratings. Yeah,
0: they're going to have some negotiations. There's going to be some negotiations. That's about that was all I'm saying. You're entitled to what you can negotiate. You know what I'm saying? It's it's going it's it's moot right now cuz she stepped off, but I'm sure there's going to be some phone calls going on because yeah. to her point right now, her leverage is the fact that she's the draw. You right. know what I mean? And she's niggas don't want to watch it no more cuz the big dog ain't there. Right. So now we got to make sure that the big dog is happy. And when you the big dog, you could, you could do shit like this. But my point, what I said is, whatever you negotiate is what you, that's all you're entitled to. So if you said from the door, all right, I'll do this, knowing that you ain't want to do this, it's almost a little bit of hustling backwards, but it is what it nah, is. But
1: this is this is the second part of the negotiation. This the this negotiation that ain't at the table. This the shit that they can't control. When you got lawyers yeah. and shit, the wild control. card. Yeah, this this the shit that. Listen, I know my position. I know my stance, and this is where I'm taking it. And we could we could we could do live without each other. Now you make your move. Uh-huh. Now, your move might be to call the other tournaments be like, nah, don't fuck with those. Don't fuck with... Them. They're like, well, shit. She number one in this bitch, man. She drawing these ratings, right. man. Shit. I, I fuck with your French, but she gonna play in this motherfucker. <laughs> and she gonna do right, press because right, right. we gonna treat her right. So, so this is where she might change the narrative around how people talk to her. You know what I'm saying? Just like Marshawn. They knew the motherfucker wasn't gonna say shit. You know what I'm saying? They could still try, but they knew, all right, fuck it. You know what I mean? Nigga ain't going to say shit. That's going to be our clip, him not saying shit. Yeah. And that helps, that's- that helps Coco when she comes mm-hmm. to love and starts getting better. You know what I'm saying? That helps the next black girl that's coming up that's in the fourth grade now that's playing tennis somewhere. When she gets here, it's certain fights that's already been fought. So it makes it maybe a little bit better. For them, it's better for Naomi because Serena and Venus fought this fight and had to take this shit and had to walk away from tournaments and and boycott tournaments and get fined and all that shit. So she could say, fuck it, I'm not doing press and I quit the tour, the tournament. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. Somebody, yeah, yeah, yeah. Muhammad Ali saying, I'm going to stand up for what I believe in. And I'm going to, you know what I'm saying? I ain't going to Vietnam and all that shit. I'm going to get banned from boxing. It mm-hmm. hurt him. Like, he suffered financially. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But,
0: you know what I mean? He That's what made him great in the end. Mm-hmm. Again. I'm not mad at taking a stand. I'm with it. I'm not mad at taking a stand. But my point is I was seeing a whole lot of like people mad at the institution for being the institution when they are who they are. But that's you know what, what makes the institutions change when the people Yeah, get mad. yeah. You got to challenge it. You got to, well, yeah, I guess so. Or when the money's not there. Yeah, when the money start changing. Mad. People could be mad. That's engagement. But when the money start drying up or the ratings start going down, that's when motherfuckers say, all right, well, hold on. You know what I mean, but if motherfuckers is angry, that's still engagement. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Shit, we just we just the motherfuckers you love to hate. No doubt. You know what I mean? So no doubt. It is what it is. But Shit. salute to you know Naomi for saying fuck it. That <laughs> was that was a power move. It was funny because I've been watching it and I seen when they they went with their move, I was like, ooh, okay, this is interesting. Mm-hmm. She just said fuck it. I was like. Ah uh, shit. Okay, this is what's up. It was like a tennis match. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was like, oh shit. Uh, ha
1: well, Speaking of taking a motherfucking stance. Uh huh. You know, last week we talked about the bonnets in the airport and shit. Oh, uh, I saw this. That shit. Monique. That shit blew up at the Monique. You know what I'm saying? Had a similar mm-hmm. take, you know what I'm saying, in a different way. That, mm-hmm. uh, you know what I'm saying? is what we was talking about. The bonnets. Uh-huh. The bonnets are taking a stand, my nigga. You, motherfuckers yeah, yeah. Is, 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 <laughs> you can't tell me, nigga. I'ma wear the bonnet. Where the fuck I'm gonna wear the bonnet. And
2: yeah, and I the, even see
1: the... it's it's a whole crop of niggas out here that's posting outstanding support with the bonnet. <laughs> and
0: these niggas got yeah. on bonnets. <laughs> and like <laughs> Yeah, niggas got bonnets.
2: <laughs> like, wait. Nigga,
0: I got a I got a bonnet, man. I ain't been in the barber shop but over it, a, it, a fucking year.
2: This I don't is, wear that shit in the world. My nigga,
1: but, uh, now, my, nigga, my nigga on Twitter say the simplification of the American black male is real. And <laughs> you got all these niggas with bonnets on talking about bonnet gang. gang for life. Uh, like I don't you know, know about the bonnet in, gang. The internet is a weird place, man. You know what I'm saying? Because you, know, you got people who do shit just for the clout. Just for mm-hmm. the sake of being contrary into the conversation that exists. And You know what I'm saying? I wanna say this though, because once the bonnet gang stepped up real strong, I had to look at Mm -hmm. what I was saying and what I was thinking. And this is my thing. You know what I'm saying? This is my point on the bonnets and shit. And it was we didn't even just talk about bonnets. We talked about just, you know what I'm saying, looking wild in the motherfucking airport.
2: I don't give Uh a fuck.
1: I don't give a fuck about you and your bonnet, period. You know what I'm saying? Really. For real, for real. You could do whatever you want to do. I'm not finna police you. I'm not finna go run tail. I'm not finna ask nobody to say nothing to you. I'm not finna send my auntie or my grandma to say nothing to you. You can wear your shit however you want to wear your shit. You know what I'm saying? If you out, right. if you go to the gas station and you, or you go to the mall or the airport even, I just feel like, you know what I'm saying, it's a disservice to yourself in certain situations like, you know, getting on the plane You know what I mean? And and Mm -hmm. moving about in regular world. Now you run make a Walmart run, you know what I'm saying, motherfucking corner stove, gas station, round the corner, Mm -hmm. drop a plate off to your mama. Whatever. You know what I'm saying? I'm not tripping. Even if I see your ass in the airport. And I was in the airport and now, you know what I'm saying, surprisingly, it was I only seen one bonnet in the airport. Which Mm -hmm. was, you know what I'm saying? Well like okay. You know what I'm saying? But you know, you could, every- you could do what you want, man. You do what you want, how you want, when you want. That don't mean everybody gotta like it. That's yeah. all. I, the do. I, ain't, like I ain't gonna just like it. Take in the a airport. stand. I ain't gonna just like take it. Take it a stand. Right. If just I like you, it, it if I like you, you know, my wife come in with a bonnet. My daughter wear a bonnet every day, but I ain't finna let her go outside right. with that motherfucker. Girl.
0: Right, right, right. Now, see, see, that's the thing. It's, it's 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 a stand, right, and it's culture shifting again. Because the bonnet is rem, reminiscent of like where the do rag was twenty years ago. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Wearing a do rag to the airport twenty years ago was was a little wild. Mm-hmm. Niggas was doing it. People been the do rag has been in the world for a long time. It's been around just as long as the bonnet. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But it was it was just it was typically in in the inside environs. It mm-hmm. was like yo to lay them them waves down and then. Take that right. rag off, you right. know what I mean. Let that let that, the let waves that line flourish. come out. Yeah, let the waves flourish or whatever. But what started to happen was, yo, I'm going to Atlanta, and I want to let these shits. I want to let these shits get super wavy. I want to lay them shits down for a minute, so I'm gonna be out here. You know what I mean? I mm-hmm. think I think one of the battle cries was, um, "Yo, Jigger, you rich, take the do rag off." You know what I mean? I remember that. Like, he mm-hmm. spoke to that. And that became a thing. Where then now you started seeing do-rags pop up. And now it's not uncommon. You go to TSA. It's at least 10 motherfuckers with do-rags on. Uh, there's, there's people getting married in do-rags. There mm. are, like, no designer nah. do-rags, right? The no bonnet nah. shit... It's starting to kind of have that thing and it's a different, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a different fight. Um, Some could even say there's more, if we're going to go all the way there, there's a little bit more pushback and oppression on women doing shit, you know what I mean? Being more comfortable or doing things than men.
1: But see, but well, when we, we talked
0: about it last week, we
1: didn't we talked about both.
0: We didn't talk about
1: just bonnets. We talked about niggas sagging and flip flops and shit too. So for me I'm,
0: Well, it, hold on, let me, finish my point. let me finish my point. It is I feel like it all comes in it all comes into play of whatever your idea of quote unquote presentable is. Mm-hmm. I think that's what we, we we ended it yesterday. It's like whatever I mean, last week's like whatever you feel is presentable. That's you gonna you gotta take the brunt of that. This, if you the nigga that wanna play the landing song out your, your speaker, you gonna take the you're gonna take the brunt of that. If you wanna wear a bonnet, you wanna wear slides and whatever to the to the fucking to the airport. That's that's who you are. That's how you gonna be received. Mm-hmm. But it seems like there's a lot of motherfuckers out there that are wearing, you know, it's like, again, it's similar to the do-rag shit that are like. Nah, I know it used to be limited to like just running to the store. It's a generational thing too. It's a generational thing. So I think a lot of these young kids like I I see it. I see this shit more often. I'm like, uh, you know, you feel old sometimes. You see that shit you're like, damn, why ain't why ain't she got that on? But that it sound old. It sounds like you realize too, generationally, your generation's context for things is gets outdated. You know what I mean? I don't know if you saw that clip of Judge Joe Brown saying some wild shit about uh Cardi B and dudes dressing a certain way or whatever. And any of his peers might have been like, here, here. But if you 25 years old, you like, nigga, if you don't sit down somewhere, you know what I'm saying? It's a different reality for certain people. Well, I
1: ain't even I ain't even I ain't even gonna break it down to no generations because I the crack era was what started all this shit where it was just like I got money, so fuck all that shit. I'm wearing whatever the fuck I want to wear, how I want to wear it, when I want to wear it. And we saw that. We saw it. We saw the, you know, how style and all that shit was democratized to where, you know, niggas just did whatever they wanted to do when they wanted to do it. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But I think over time, what it is, is what what we don't understand sometimes, is that every action has a reaction. You know what I'm saying? And... As long as you, you're you you're down to accept the reaction, then you could do whatever the fuck you want. If you want to wear your bonnet, however you want to wear it, wherever you want to wear it, that's cool. But there's going to be some reaction to you wearing it, regardless of the fact of how you feel or what you think. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There's going to be some people be like, oh, God damn, what the fuck? Yeah, you can't come in here like that. And then there's going to be some people like, look at uh, the bonnet gang. You know what I'm saying? Right. So right. I think what people get confused with this shit is, is that if somebody says something about it, then it's a, it's a, you you know, you're policing women's rights to do whatever, or you're policing a man's right to wear his do rag wherever. It's not that. Right. It's the the fact is, if you wear it, there's gonna be a whole lot of different sides to it. You know what I'm saying? Well, regardless, when you come into the airport and if you catch a, a more difficult time getting through that motherfucker than others, then, you know what I'm saying, that's what it is. That's You chose to say, you know what, I'm standing with my look and how I feel comfortable and you, you motherfuckers need to be cool with that. And it's going to be a whole line of motherfuckers who ain't that cool with it. You might right. get a little held up at the ticket line. You know what I'm saying? You might not get it. the best service that you want. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because people judging the whole situation. And that ain't because, you know what I'm saying, it should be that way. It's just because that's how shit go. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I know I'm Ali Muhammad. Go through the airport. There's going to be a lot of scrutiny at different points coming into that motherfucker. Right. Just because of my name. Not because I'm black. Right. Just because my name is associated with terrorism. You know what I'm saying? So it's going right. to be a lot of scrutiny. Coming up in that motherfucker. It ain't got much to do with how I dress, but how I dress got much to do with how I communicate through this situation. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's gonna, it's gonna, like how, how I how I receive my attitude and my my you know, how I come through is gonna have a lot to do with how successful I am with getting from the check-in to that plane. Because any motherfucking variable of the shit could throw the shit off. And as the people have told me, we don't have to let you on this motherfucker. It is uh, to our discretion to refuse service to anyone. And Mm. your terrorist ass ain't getting on this plane today. Not because I'm a terrorist. It's because my name. That's before they even looked at me. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And and then when they look at you, they gonna have their own other little things they gonna add to it. So my thing with that in navigating, police, you know, TSA, whoever, my Mm. thing is that is to be highly conscious of how they looking at me based on what I got on, what I like I'm I might wear some, you know what I'm saying, sweats, pants and some motherfucking hoodie and you know what I'm saying, be driving down the street. You know what I'm saying? Right. But if I get pulled over and I got that shit on, I have to be thinking, all right, I know I got on the hoodie. I know what I'm saying. So let me counteract that with this and that and the motherfucking third. That's why when I go take my ID picture, I smile like a motherfucker. I be smiling. You know what I'm saying? Because I I like to smile anyway. So I want a motherfucker to know when they get my ID, they're going to be confused off the rip. Like, what the fuck? Why is this nigga smiling? Nobody smiles on their ID. Ali Muhammad Mm -hmm. smiles like a motherfucker. I'm cheesing on that bitch. Like, ha-ha, great day. So it's already throwing them off. And I'm conscious, I'm very conscious of that and aware that my first interaction with them is going to be that ID, whether that's at TSA or the police. When police pull me over, my shit is out the window before they get to me. Huh? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? (laughs) my motherfucker license alright nigga run it go, go check my credentials and look at my smile mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying they know it's something different happening yeah and you can't that, also all. You know, uh, yeah you go yeah, yeah,
0: you gotta let people do what they do though They everybody gotta navigate their shit and I think that also well we extra have to navigate it as we said earlier cause that's just being black right mm-hmm. being black is like part of the the struggle or the existence of being black is always fighting to normalize your full existence. Mm-hmm. Right? Cause motherfuckers is wearing bonnets, and people that's wearing do-rags or people that's wearing dreads or whatever, it's because that's what they did with their hair. That's mm-hmm. what they that's how they that's how they style their hair. So the reason this person got a bonnet on is because they want to protect the style of their hair. The reason this cat got his waves on is because he want to make sure his waves is is crisp and shit like that, right? Mm-hmm. And in a black community, it's understood because we all black. It's a shorthand. We understand it, right? But since the world ain't all black and since we get judged by just being black, even if you got a suit on, you know what I mean? You could, uh, you're still being judged by being black. Now, obviously, you black with a Muslim name, so there's even more to that. But it's like the fact to even think, yo, I'm going to smile on my passport photo. I'm going to smile on my driver's license photo. That's like, that's understanding that you have to navigate differently. Right. Whereas a white guy could scowl in his fucking passport photo, and that should've get stamped, and he go right through to the world because that's just the world that we live yeah. in. Right like, until yeah. wait, hold on. Until things are normalized. Right. Until things are normalized, because and and like I said, change is incremental. But I've been around long enough to see the shit. I remember when people thought dreads was wild, when they dreadlocks and da 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 was wild. as shit, and now it's like there's the crown act to where mm-hmm. now you can't discriminate people based on what they're wearing, and you know what I mean. I remember even like to. Take it even, like, again, if we still in the, about being presentable, and we keep it in the community. I remember, like, if you wore anything outside of a suit to church, that was blasphemous. Now, you go to certain churches, cats be in there with a hoodie on, you know what I'm saying, jeans on, Tim's on, whatever, whatever. And I'm sure to the elders, it looks crazy, but... It don't make them not. It they don't make their relationship with God or whatever they, whoever they believe in, any more invalid. It's just like this is how I, this is how I worship. This is the normalization of this. You know what I'm saying? The super church. You go to a super church or su- what do you call it? A super church, a mega church. You'll see all types of different things. You know what I'm saying? I remember. And obviously everybody could feel how they feel. It's all subjective. Everybody could look at things and it's like, it's different than what we, you know, what we're known for. But like, I rem- I remember the first time I seen like, and like these might not all be the best examples because I don't stand behind all of this, but expression is expression, right? But like, I remember the first time I seen like a, like a gang funeral, and niggas coming out the funeral with t-shirts with cat's face on it, and you know what I mean. They might have they might have a rag on, or they might have on jeans and whatever. I was like, yo, that looks crazy. Where's the black suits? Where's the da 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 da? Or if I don't even want to go to some gang shit, or if it's like person's like you know what? They don't want black at the funeral. They want everybody to wear white or yellow because they were about brightness and da 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 da. And it's like it's expression. You know what I'm saying? And it's expression in a world that where we always have to fight our normal, our being normalized. You know what I'm saying? It's like for somebody to fully express themselves however they feel is still a political act. The fact that I think Jay-Z walking around looking like Basquiat as a billionaire is kind of, opening the door for motherfuckers to do that type of shit. Just like how, you know what I mean? Back in the day, you know, problematic, whatever. Russell Simmons was walking around at business meetings with shell toes on or whatever, whatever. It, it becomes these type of things that like, it's like like we say with Naomi, it's like sometimes somebody got to take a stand and challenge the status quo. Right. You know what I mean? One day Ali Muhammad might not be a thing that TSA bugs out about. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. shit. You know, right. incremental. But, but when you
1: say all that, like you say Russell Simmons. Russell Simmons did his thing, you know what I'm saying, his way. He opened up the door for a lot of people, even, you know you myself included, to work in a way that felt comfortable, right? right? But even in that, you know what I'm saying, that was limited to the bubble of the industry that we were in. You know what I'm saying? But if we were Trying to move along in another place in another social environment, say if you wanted to go in into you know a different kind of business, then they didn't respect that same dress code the way that everybody else did. When I went to Mm -hmm. the Four Seasons brunch on Sunday in LA and I had on my shell toes and my fat farm or whatever, I'm dressed like Russell Simmons, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I feel great, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But I also knew that everybody else in there didn't feel great about me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Feeling great about myself. So mm-hmm. I have to, you know what I'm saying, I have to take that into consideration and do it my way anyway. It's not going to affect me no way or another how they feel. But as I grow and start to move in different directions, then I, I understand that, okay, hmm, I'm going to do it my way, but let me tweak it just a little bit here and then... And have and know the effect that it's going to have on the people that's receiving it. Again, but if you get on the plane and you got your bonding on and shit, you ain't thinking about how nobody receives shit because nobody on that motherfucker is affecting nothing about what you about to do that weekend. So mm-hmm. yeah. it's, it's just a generality. And if I'm speaking in generals, that shit look crazy. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. it ain't just the bonnet. It ain't the I'm not just talking about the bonnet. The bonnet is the least <laughs> of my worries in the whole conversation that I was having. I'm like, niggas coming that bitch with just, you know what I'm saying, you know, short. I mean, shit, This all the way up your ass and a tube top right. and the bonnet and, you know what I'm saying, or your pajamas and fuzzy slippers. It's just like, you know. It's cool. That's what you want to do. You comfortable. You comfortable. <laughs> yeah. You comfortable. Right. But, mm-hmm. that, you know what I'm saying? You look wild. You know what I'm saying? There's a whole lot of other ways to be comfortable. You know what I'm saying? But if you ain't in that space, you don't give a fuck. You ain't thinking about that shit. It's only right. if you're in a space of, of, okay, I'm learning and I'm understanding how, you know, travel comfort is and i understand you know what I'm saying what what it is to to you know walk into the four seasons and do this like if you not understand if you don't care to understand that shit then it don't matter
0: yeah yeah if you say what if you don't what if you don't say the last if you don't, part, don't it? understand it if you don't care
1: to understand it then it doesn't matter
0: right right and and the thing is i think that And that becomes the battle, right? And that becomes the, maybe not even a battle, because if you don't care, it's not a battle. But that becomes uh, the the process of it all. Like, things look wild until you've seen them a few times. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then it's just like, you kind of got to think back to, oh, right, that used to be wild. I remember back in the day, if you came in wearing this, you looked crazy. And then now, like it's just that's what people wear. It just becomes like that's just how change works. Mm-hmm. I remember, you know, I remember going trying to get a job at Triple um, Five Soul back when that shit was cracking. And I went to a, I went to my little interview. I had a suit on. I had my one suit that I was on every interview with. I got to the interview, and them motherfuckers were so casual. And I looked crazy. But I was in traditional interview wear. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Even though this was a, a sportswear, whatever, you know what I mean? Whatever you want to call it, like, you know, streetwear brand or whatever. So maybe, maybe I could have, maybe taking the chance of being a little bit more casual. But I was looking at it in the context of job interview. This is back in the resume paper era. Mm-hmm. Like I came through that motherfucker with a suit on and they were like, they, I think when it was to be on know, some being funny shit was like, where well, you going after this? You know what I'm saying? Like it was, but it was like, this was early two thousands when shit like that was like, It wasn't as expansive as it is. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, it wasn't like we've seen, even in, I think, what I think, you know, just the last point, not to beat it in the head, but I think that, especially over these last few years, not a few years, but last at least 10, 15 years, um, you know, with the advancement of hip hop culture and business and everything becoming, so much of the mainstream that it is the mainstream on a certain level. It's not a fringe thing anymore. It's not a subculture anymore. You know, it outpaces rock. Like, it is the number one music genre and all of this shit. Like, the the exposure that that brings that, the you know, we always say the culture, you know, a lot of what comes with the culture, like, has become way more omnipresent and obviously it's still moving into spaces where you know for a while the context of that space was very buttoned up or whatever whatever but slowly and slowly and slowly and slowly things are getting way 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 more relaxed you know what I'm saying and uh, you know and this that's also I think if we talking about you talk about just hip-hop and it's general and just the the thing, the spirit of hip hop has always been very audacious. You know what I'm saying? Like you ain't never seen nobody where well, you do, but they don't really win. You don't really ever see an MC grab the mic on some real modest shit. Hey guys, gotta get your attention. You know what I'm saying? It's like, nah, I'm in this motherfucker. It's just that's just how it is, whether it was in a small venue to where now it's at Radio City or wherever fucking doors we kick open the spirit is I'm in this motherfucker and you're going to have to accept it for what it is. And obviously all black people are not limited to hip hop culture. We're way bigger than that. But that shit has helped a lot with, you know, putting mother, putting black faces in many different positions and all over the world or whatever, whatever. And things are changing. Things are changing, you know? So, you know, that's,
1: and it it has also helped sending a lot of niggas to jail. But what I'm what what I'm saying is that <laughs> what I, what I what I say is this is this
0: uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> is that you have to understand that whatever you do, cause I'm I'm the main I've I've been doing off the wall shit since I was a kid. You know what I'm saying? I remember my homeboy, his mama was some type of psychologist or whatever, and I would be you know on their porch. You know we'd be playing the music on out of the box and shit. And I got a motherfucking designs all in my head, high tops and all kind of shit in my head. And she would come and be like, you know, where
0: you going, where you, where you going with that hair? What you got all that stuff in your hair for? I was like,
1: it's because of this shit I like. And she was like, you, you know what I'm saying? How you going to get a job with all that stuff in your hair? And I just remember being a kid. I'm like motherfucking 14 years old. And she says, where you where you going to get a job with all that stuff in your head? Right. And my, my response was, who said I wanted the job, right? right? Which, you know what I'm saying, was a true statement for me, right? Now, that's cool, but you have to own that and understand that, yeah, the way you roll, you ain't getting no motherfucking regular-ass job, man. So you got to figure out how to live this life and do the shit you want to do based off of who you are but what I understand was that everything you do every everything you do as far as your look is a negotiation in this world you know what I'm right. saying being black being 6'3 you know what I'm saying you you taking up space no matter what the fuck you do it, it don't matter if you trying to be modest you got a suit on you taking up too much fucking space you know what I'm saying so what I've realized in my own world Is that you have to create your own formula for what works for you. That communicates the message you want to communicate. But that allows you to do the shit you want to do. I grew my hair out wild and woofy and all that shit. My beard. I I didn't do that on purpose. It was just something that happened one summer. But I found out that at the time I was working with a lot of rich white clients. They fuck with it. They loved it. You know what I'm saying? They didn't love it in the way that they would give me a job, but they loved it in the way that <laughs> they loved it in the way that they would bring me along to hire me to do this thing because man, this motherfucker's cool. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah.
1: But you do it, and you you might have the wild shit, but then you put on the the event appropriate attire. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, man, this motherfucker's wild. You know? And they fucks with you, but. You had to understand that that ain't going to work for every occasion, for everything. You had to negotiate all what you do with this in mind. You know what I'm saying? Every, like, if I'm, I I already, I'm not going to try to go get no job. That's just over for me. You know what I'm saying? I'm doing what I do. I'm a hustle. I'm a motherfucker do my business. And, and when I approach certain clients in a certain way, you know what I'm saying I know how to do it, but I also know how to fucking put on a suit when appropriate. Even if my hair is wild, even if I'm you know what I'm saying I got the avant-garde looking shit, I still know to give motherfuckers certain cues to let them know that I understand what's going on. I'm just a little different, mm-hmm. and that's all. And sometimes when you see people who don't even who are oblivious to it, you kind of be like, damn, now you might want to just tweak that a little bit, yeah. You got the Chanel bag, but goddamn, the motherfucking Walmart pajamas and the fuzzy slippers, you could have did that a little better. You know what I'm saying? You could have turned this shit out in this motherfucker this morning. But who am I? I'm nobody. They negotiating their own space and their own right. world. That's,
0: that's what they went with. Yeah, that's what they went with. Some people call that high-low. You know what I mean? It is what but it sometimes, <laughs> you <know?
1: laughs> sometimes you low, you low out the high so much that it can't. No
0: coming back. <laughs>
1: <laughs> can't get high.
0: That's funny. Well, it yeah.
1: hey, oh, well, shit. We don't talk too much.
0: <sighs> we didn't give him a movie, fucking like an Irishman. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I appreciate if you all the way here at the end with us that's what's <laughs> up man you could have flown somewhere exactly. uh, oh shit I, I, I wouldn't say you got anything else to say but I think we've said everything nah, we, we need to, to say the so there it is until next week tell a friend to tell a friend and even the enemy to get in the conversation we out Three.